everybody, and welcome to Geek Freaks. I am Frank, and I'm with Jonathan. Hey, hey, y'all. And Daniel. Hola. Hola. All right. Uh, today, we're going to be going over some nerd news. We have a Spider-Man review, Far From Home, and we're going to be talking about video game addiction. It's now an actual disease, and we're talking about Disneyland Galaxy's Edge review. And we're going to be bouncing around because we got little bits and pieces from different people, so it's going to sound like a real news report. I'm pretty happy about that. Classic. Kind of excited. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Before we go any farther, I just want to jump in and give you guys some timestamps. This is a long episode. The Spider-Man review is at 34 minutes in. We discuss gaming disorder at 53 minutes in. And then we talk about Star Wars Galaxy's Edge at an hour and 17 minutes in. But of course, we do encourage you to listen to the entire episode. Uh, thank you guys again for listening. Let's first start off with, what are y'all watching? Daniel, you go first. What have you been watching lately? Watching? Uh, so I started re-watching Burn Notice. Oh, I know you're a big fan. About a spy gets burnt, <clears throat> trying to get back in. Was there a notice when he got burnt? Yeah, there was. Okay, good. there oh was a God, notice. It's, all it's in the full, title, full circle. I'm it was like, it. by the way, good luck. Try to live through this. Uh, <laughs> so I'm watching that. Trying to watch a little anime. Try to get into the anime stuff again. Yeah. Uh, watch JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. What? Okay, hold on. What even is that? Uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is like. It's multiple stories of like uh, JoJo, and then like he'll have a kid. Then it, the next story will continue of JoJo again. That guy will be called JoJo also, and then wow, he has to like fight vampires, and there's like a lot. Of Those things. are it's, bizarre it's, adventures. It's really bizarre. Is he reincarnated in his children? Is that how it goes? Uh, no, not they really. Just, just passing on the torch. Yeah, pretty much. All right, all right. Pretty awesome though. It, it's interesting. I I can see why people liked it. Um, and then, yeah, I bought to watch uh, My Hero Academia. I need to watch that uh, so bad. A lot bad. of people love it. Oh yeah. You yeah. haven't seen any of it before? No, because okay. I I want to start watching Tokyo Ghoul Re also. Yeah. So that's amazing too. I so. feel like I'm behind on on anime because I haven't seen Hero, uh, My Hero Academia because everybody talks about that. Oh, yeah, that's like right now like number one. Like it, yeah. for a while it's like Attack on Titan now it's My Hero. I still haven't seen Attack I know guys I'm losing my geek card but I haven't seen Attack on I Titan either. I seen the second season it was pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, I actually loved it. I'm just waiting for the third one to be dubbed. Once you watch dubbed for the first time like you can't watch. I feel like I feel like you kind of <laughs> have to stick with one or the other because it's yeah. really weird. Like I like subbed. Wait, no, which one do I like? I like dubbed. That's what it is. Yeah. And then when is. yeah, when you see subbed, it's weird. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Well, Naruto was different because I actually seen uh, subbed. And then I watched dubbed on Funimation when I was younger. And yeah. And I was able to kind of like transition, like go back and forth. So I'm rewatching all Naruto Shippuden dubbed now even how though many, i just watched that's it. how many episodes of that is uh, there? 600 and like something wow. episodes. yeah that's not like be, be, binge watching yeah. 40 episodes no 600 episodes that's crazy that's easy like that that's like that's easy. no lifing yeah. that's like watching all of star treks yeah not just voyager all no of all of them <laughs> that's crazy <laughs> you could do it yeah, you just gotta give up only, everything else in your life. It does sound like a good challenge, actually. <laughs> Don't watch all the Star Trek. Let's remember this when we get to the addiction topic. <laughs> remember, there, there's a lot of commercials when you watch it on TV. So, yeah. like, it's a like background show noise. It's like actually 25 minutes. So, yeah. If, you, if you're quick on like hitting next, next, <laughs> you're good. <laughs> That's crazy. What have you been watching, John? I've been watching a bunch of stuff. Um, so, on Hulu, I've been watching 
uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine again, which I love. Always now, good. My wife's never watched much of it, so we're oh, going wow. through the whole series again now that we finished the office. The uh, Pontiac Bandit episodes. <laughs> yes. I wish it was like a separate like collection of. That'd just be a those. good spinoff series. Yeah, just oh, follow yeah. him. Um, and then oh, AP Bio. Yeah, of course. Loving that. Hashtag watching. save AP Bio, guys. Right. Get out there and do that. Uh, on Netflix, I'm watching uh, Deep Space Nine, which is really yeah. good. So much, you know, so much like Voyager, the way the story's told. And finally, Black Mirror. I'm oh, loving finally. Black Mirror. Oh, finally. Oh, my God. Yeah. God. Everybody's been saying for so long I need to watch it. I think there's five seasons out. Joe and I just did a review for Black Mirror oh, last yeah. episode. It is so freaking Because the new season just dropped. Yeah. What episode have you just finished? Uh, I think I'm like halfway through season three. Okay. Oh, man. Uh, did you hit San, San Junipero yet? That's like... Oh, yeah, that was the last one I watched. Oh, okay. That's like the signature episode. Yeah. Like Everybody talks about that one. That was a trip. Yeah, but, and in the beginning of season four, there's going to be a Star Trek kind of episode that's mm-hmm. like, ugh, it feels so... Like, the actual episode feels like a good Star Trek story. Yeah. Like, it, it's so good. Oh, man, that show. Oh, man, they get me every time. But yeah, new season, real hot and cold. Uh, Joe dislikes one of the episodes a lot, but I think right. it's okay. I won't spoil anything. It's, it's good stuff. All right. Uh, but yeah, for me... Uh, documentary now if you guys haven't heard of documentary now it's such a funny show and what it is is you guys ever see like drop dead gorgeous or best in show they're like fake documentaries mm-hmm. about that follow people and they're actually like not real yeah. documentary now is a collection of them it's done by fred emerson and um bill Hader, mm-hmm. and it's all funny because like it'll be random things like oh uh, and it looks like a totally real documentary if you didn't have a sense of humor you'd still think these are real but you're watching it and it's like in sweden they have this like Al Capone festival every year and it's all about like these three contestants that are trying to win best Al Capone and, uh, but of course it's like and they have like Chicago Day over there and stuff like that and it's all funny because you're like it's Sweden they wouldn't give a crap about Al Capone but yeah. yet they have like kids that dress up like gangsters and stuff like that it's just hella funny there's this one where they like they're trying to bust into this drug cartel and like it's like it's a vice making fun of vice basically this, if you know, know who they are um, and what's hilarious is they send these two reporters down there and they're like alright guys they're like they're like these like real hard hitting like douchebag reporters basically like we're gonna get in there and we're gonna get in this cartel guy's face it's gonna be fantastic and like oh man he's at the door guys okay we're gonna open. Blah, blah, blah. they get shot and killed <laughs> and then so then Jack they, they have like good actors in this too Jack Black's like alright we're sending out two of our second best reporters out there they're gonna find the truth <laughs> same actors Bill Hader and Fred again but they're like hey man we're gonna totally figure this out hey we found out where his mom stays where his mom blah, 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 they die <laughs> Jack Black's like it's been sad but we got our real best guys going down there <laughs> <laughs> it's just been oh it's such a good show anyway so documentary now check that out it's like flew under the radar uh and then last season of walking dead i walked caught up on walking really? dead oh, was it turned around dude it turned around really that show's good again i'm not, oh, not gonna lie because wait it did is a time it good because you took a break or was it because they changed it up they changed it up a lot because the the last season uh we're not spoiling anything because we already did a top five about this but rick leaves oh, yeah. right Maggie as well. That part's a spoiler. <laughs> and Jesus. Um, but about five episodes in, they get rid of Rick. Uh, and then there's a time jump. And the time mm-hmm. jump saves that show so nice. much. I mean, like, Carol's got long hair now. So it's like it, five it years in the future. The sun now? No, the sun died the season before. Oh, okay. No, it's about the daughter. I haven't watched it in a while. It's about the daughter. It, oh, Judith is... She, Judith... Oh, my God. She's my favorite little actress. She's so, so she's funny. she's like 13 now or something? No, she's like seven oh, okay. because she was like a toddler before, but now yeah. she's like seven. She wears Rick's hat and she has Rick's gun, but she's a seven-year-old. Really? And she's always just like... Like, Negan's still alive, but he's in prison. And Negan breaks out and then Negan's driving and he... She like... 
talks to Negan all the time. She's the only person who actually does. Mm-hmm. And what's funny is Negan breaks out and then uh, she like lets him go. She's like, all right, but don't kill nobody. Like this little seven year olds like giving like real advice. And then he comes on a motorcycle back, whatever. And he, and so whatever, she ends up like pulling out the gun and shooting his tire. This little seven year old and takes down Negan and stuff like that. Uh, and then like tell, and then Negan's like, just put me back in jail. There's nothing out here anymore. It's so good. Negan, I thought I was going to hate the fact that he's going to be still around mm-hmm. without Rick. Cause he does best with Rick. But no, his new character is really cool. And it's not like he's redeemed. He's not redeemed. But he is, he's talked to Michonne and he's like, because Michonne's leading Alexandria. There's this whole thing that happened at Alexandria where they like shut down and nobody allowed to go in or out. Um, and so now he's like Michonne's advice counsel. So she goes to prison sometime, to the prison cell. So like, all right, you know, what do you think about this? Kind of like, not really that way, but like, you know how the Negan's like, yeah, Negan's like, my little window, I can see it all. I know that you're having, you know, a problem with the council. So it's really, really good. Hmm. It was worth the watch. Whisperers were good bad guys, these new bad guys that are around. So, yeah, I suggest you guys check out Walking so Dead. So he's like a retired villain now, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's weird because he's like, he's still weird. Yeah. There was one part where Mag- Maggie, in the first half of the season, Maggie was going to kill him. Mm-hmm. She drags him out of the cell and he's like begging for death. And she's like, no, man, you're better off being in there. <laughs> and then when you do the fast forward, he's now kind of like, at peace with himself and he's more chill still a little bit of arrogance in there which you know you can't have Negan without that of course yeah. but it's a lot better hmm. so maybe, they, maybe they should have cut to this this uh, future. a long time ago yeah i'm almost ago. thinking uh that they, every season should be a five-year jump i think that'd be cool hmm. yeah that's yeah. that's not a bad idea see i heard that there's a possibility that whenever rick wants to come back he might be able to he's not dead yes that's correct yeah hmm. so he's undead Okay. <laughs> Zombie it, like Rick. you get picked up by a helicopter or something. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he he gets blown up, first. and then uh, yeah, he ends up getting picked up by a helicopter, yeah. basically. Uh, so, and then Maggie's just gone. They don't. They yeah. didn't explain what happened with Maggie. She's just gone. So both of them could come back. Jesus is dead. So civilization is starting to kind of restabilize, though, right? That's what it sounds like. Helicopters it, are in the air. Well, no. Okay, that helicopter though is from that mysterious organization from the season fall before that nobody knows about except for the garbage people. They knew about it. Um, so yeah, there's nobody that knows about this except for one woman who she's the one that saved Rick. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody else knows that this helicopter is, which is kind of unrealistic because at that time, if you heard any, anything like a helicopter, it would catch everybody's attention. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to have like fake helicopter, like nobody sees helicopters because she keeps catching them. She keeps seeing like, Oh, look, it's above us right now. Like she sees it at night, like the flashing lights. Everybody would see that. It's yeah. something that you can't just hide. Yeah. So it's whatever. So there is, it's most likely going to happen that he's going to come back Probably towards the end, or uh, yeah, Andrew Lincoln doesn't want to come back, so I think they left it open, but not necessarily. There is talks of there being a movie. He might be back for that, but yeah. So it, it's been it's been really good. It's worth a watch. Mm. All right, let's get into some nerd news. Avengers Endgame is offic- officially getting re released with some new footage. Hmm. They're adding a bunch because the directors like fought to make this movie like three and a half hours long. Yeah. Now they're re releasing it with that additional footage. Would you guys want to go back and see that with the new footage? Heck yeah. Yeah. Maybe an intermission in between, but yeah. Totally. yeah that's what it, oh yeah, that's a long movie as it is. I'm down because I still haven't seen Endgame. But. What? <laughs> is that not crazy? Can we pause this and just kick him out to go see it now? <laughs> Dude, no. honestly, like if you had a free schedule, I'd go watch that right now. Really? They're 40 million away from hitting the all-time highest movie record. It's about to beat Avatar, which I just, I want that because James Cameron's been a real asshole about it. Mm-hmm. Um, This movie it's the best Avengers, yeah. I, it, right? It is. I, I was kind of like shaky on the previous ones because I feel like they started getting a little cookie cutter, like yeah. formulaic, like Disney's just printing cash. No, this, they actually invested like some quality skill and time and effort into really? making a good movie. Hmm. 
Like the other ones were just like, let's just put just a bunch of heroes and just have them yeah. fight. Well, the, yeah, they're, they're smashing action figures to get yeah. it together. They're doing the same thing here, but this one has time travel, um, so it makes it even better. And it and has the whole emotional appeal that the other, does. other movies didn't barely touch on. How have you avoid? Have you avoided all the spoilers for Avengers Endgame? No, I, I know everything that happens. Okay. Yeah. Well, you should still watch it, though. It's yeah. still heart-wrenching. Even though, when I'd go back and watch it again... Even knowing what was going to happen, it was still was like, man, this is a good moment. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's worth watching. I don't know if you should watch it with the extra footage, though. I don't know how bad. Oh, you know, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. That'd be pretty good. I trust the directors. I mean, yeah, who, the who, was saying, brothers. who was saying make it shorter? Disney, I, mean, I know. Exactly. Yeah. They just they want it shorter so that, you know, it's faster and sell more per day or whatever. But so would it be like a four hour movie? Three, three and, and a half, half, I think, is what they're saying. Because what it was released as is three hours. Yeah, and it w- it could have been like four and a half or something. Like four, Honestly, four if you hours. went more into the time travel part, like yeah. you could have extended the movie as long as you wanted it to be. But I mean, like their original cut was like four oh, something, yeah. and they had to cut it down to three. Right? Yeah, it sounds like yeah, it sounds like this new one will be three and a half. But I think they could have gone up yeah, yeah. near four, four and a half. So that's crazy, freaking insane. Yeah. All right, uh, gears of Mo- uh, gears of war movie. They're talking about how it's going to be set uh, involving this character Sarah. And other certain characters, but it's going to be an alternate reality. So it's not going to be in the actual Gears of War universe. Mm. Different reality that's inspired by that universe with some of the same characters from that universe. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But an alternate reality. Do you think this is going to fix the problem of like no good video game movies? Because then you're not like offending the fans. Oh, you mean by doing the alternate reality yeah. thing? Like, yeah, I could. I could see that. It reminds I, me I of the Star good. Trek. Remember that the, the new Star Trek movies came out. I enjoyed oh, yeah. them. I think you enjoyed them. And that and the, one of the great premises of it was it's a whole new reality, guys. So mm. we can make Kirk do this. We can make Spock hook up with a horror, yeah. and it doesn't matter because it's a different reality. So you guys can't complain. Like there were still people complaining. Star Trek fans were some of the worst, but <laughs> but nobody could really like. Oh, but that wouldn't happen. Like no, it's in this reality. It can you guys can't say nothing bad about it? That's yeah. just how it is. That's math now. I think that's a cool way to do it. Right. It reminds me of uh, the ending of Bioshock Infinity. Like, yeah, that's oh, a, yeah. That's a God, cool I love to, that game so much. I mean, they could just make a. We gotta review that at some time. Yeah, that's so good. But they should. They should start making Bioshock movies. They really should. That's that's actually a slam dunk. Yeah. That leads me to my next question. Uh-oh. Is there any video game that you guys would like to see made into a movie, and especially one that has the alternate reality effect on it? Hmm. What do you think, Daniel? You got any ideas over there? I know. You're, I see your mind just going a mile a minute, and you're thinking Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> uh, The Last of Us. Oh God, yeah. PlayStation has started their own studio now to do that. Oh, okay. Last, Last of Us isn't awesome. there, like, a, like a pull. That would be awesome. That would be a, really good. It's not, it's not really zombies. It's crickets and whatever they're called, mutated. Yeah. Monsters, or people. I can see that. That'd be really good. Um, yeah, I'd like. To, they're they're making an Uncharted movie first. They're using Tom Holland for that. Uh, which no, is uh, Spider Man. Never played any of them, so. I've always wanted to, but yeah, I, I haven't played any of them. It's on my list of like, I should probably play these. I feel like they're like uh, Lara Croft. Yeah, I think they're a lot like that probably. And right. those have been good. Those have been really good. Yeah, the what new you, ones. Anything you could yeah. think of? Any video games you want to adapt? To me, just the, uh, the Halo ones. They have such a good story, yeah. the campaign, especially like one and two. But, well, I can't remember which one it was where it was kind of a spinoff. ODST. Yeah. That's like when everybody's you, favorite Halo. Yeah, because you know in the end you die, but you yeah. like fight. No, that was, uh, that's Reach. Oh, is that Halo oh, Reach? Oh, yeah, yeah, that you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Because right. that, that was awesome, because it was just like, just fight. Survive, yeah. It was just like, uh, oh, uh, let's do it. It was amazing, and it was like, okay, I, it did a really good job of instilling that emotion in you, mm-hmm. just like, 
It's just, all for nothing, but I have to fight. I have to do it because it's all I have left. Yeah, it's disappointing but gratifying at the same time. And you see, I think you see the ship take off that has like yeah. Cortana or whatever on it, and you're just like, "That's good. That's yeah. that's the rest of Halos. That's the rest of humanity." It's amazing how they that video game is still that emotion. It's something that I think only video games can yeah. do because you're there. If you go back and, and like, play it again, man, there's pro- you'll probably see uh, it that being built into you throughout the game too because you're not master yeah. chief you're not the hero of the game you're just one of the soldiers and you know that yeah and you're you know you're expendable and then you're you're on a mission and the mission's more important than yourself yeah that's pretty cool i wonder if you get that um collector's edition on whatever steam it was or microsoft yeah. i wonder if reach comes in it with it because awesome. i'm currently playing that i'm going through all the games right now i'm streaming them for everybody uh I'm going through number one right now. I think I know ODST is. I think Reach might be there. Mm. If not, it will be soon. And it's been fun playing those again. I got super stuck at number one, but then I found out I was like, okay, this door wasn't here before. I promise you guys. And I found this door. Um, But yeah, man, those games are just the music. When the music kicks in, it's like, I'm like, oh yeah. Number two, when they got the guitar in it. Oh yeah, it's so it's so freaking good. Uh, and then what's really cool about number one is that you could press one button, you switch back to like what it used to look and then to the remastered. Mm-hmm. And so I'm constantly doing that. All the people watching our streams got to hate me because I keep going yeah. back and forth. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> my, and, my buddy, uh, Jared, we used to live to, like right next to each other for, at yeah. the dairy for so many years. And we used to play like every halo that came out together, like yeah. split mm-hmm. screen, me do, jump on yeah, split screen and everything. Like just legendary too like yeah. hard oh, mode. that's tough oh my god every time we're just like hours on hours on missions and we're yeah. just trying to get it done so he's like you know what let's do one of those game nights that you just come over and we're just gonna play the new halo and try to uh, beat it and we'll yeah. just order pizza stay up hella late uh you know what that sounds awesome i'm mm-hmm. kind of down for that yeah we all gotta do that sometime we could stream it too we really, oh man yeah that would be really cool yeah. I know I know we're talking about doing the twenty four hour for uh WoW uh, classic but yeah the new Halo I'm down for that that sounds like mm-hmm. a good idea mm-hmm. one thing I'm really excited about the new Halo is it's back on and Halo on a Halo again mm-hmm. have you seen the new trailer that came out during E three for Halo no okay I don't we, we reviewed them but I haven't seen anything from E three oh well luckily there's three great episodes of Geek Freaks podcast that nice. reviews it all nice. and anyway so the new trailer they're actually going back to a Halo. And I'm excited for when you're on the Halo and you look up in the skybox and you see that the ring continues. Mm-hmm. It was such a small little feature, but man, I remember how, I can't tell you how many times I've looked up just like, that's just the coolest idea ever. Yeah, that's, no. that's just so freaking awesome. Hmm. So, yeah, where were we at? Oh yeah, movie ideas for movie <laughs> games. Uh, yeah, the Halo one would be really good and they're working on the Showtime uh, show for that. So we'll have some sort of version of that. That'd be really cool. Uh, speaking of, of movies and stuff like that, we have Keanu Reeves, the Kevin Feige, the guy who runs Marvel Studios, is talking about how he's trying to get Keanu Reeves into the MCU. Mm-hmm, he yeah. wants him in the Marvel Studios. Any ideas on where we can see him? I know you were talking, Daniel, about Wolverine. Yeah, I would really like Wolverine. to see him Wolverine. What? Yeah. I don't know. I, uh, I think he can nail it. See that? He'd have to bulk up a little bit. I, yeah, it's not mm. that bad. I, I think I want him to as more of a... Somebody has suggested on Twitter Doctor Doom. I would love Doctor Doom, or I would like to see Gambit. I think he'd be a good Gambit. Maybe Gambit. Gambit actually, yeah, Gambit would be pretty good. Yeah, you got that. Yeah, I think because he, he's like slender. You know, you got to have one of those superheroes that are not about their buff muscles. I was thinking he'd be a Doctor Strange. You know, ma- magic villain. That'd be cool. Yeah, I don't know any of them. It, yeah, if it was if it was DC, I'd say Doctor Fate, which is like their version of Doctor Strange. He would be really good. He would be really good as that. But um. Oh, never mind. My my brain just like shut off. I'm like, he'd be amazing, Constantine. 
<laughs> Wait, he was Constantine. <laughs> yeah. Actually, See, I, I don't want him to be a villain. I want him to be if he's gonna be in the MCU. I want him to be, be in multiple movies. Yeah, they probably want yeah. that too because that's a yeah, big investment for a, yeah. one time. Huge. That's why I wanted to be Doctor Doom because Doctor Doom is like strong enough to fight the Avengers. Like he could be an Avengers level villain. He could be the next Loki where he's always around because he Doctor Doom actually like is a king of a country. You know, and he's 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 amazing. He's magic and science. He's looks. I'm really excited for him being in the MCU. I think Keanu Reeves where, would nail that. Where is he from, Doctor Doom? God, it's some. It's like Latvia or something like that. But I mean, he's not the one from uh, from the Fantastic Four. Yeah, right? he is. He's their villain. Oh, yeah. okay. That because that's who I was thinking. They're rebooting the Fantastic Four. He would be good for whoever that guy was, which yeah. apparently is Doctor Doom. I'm right. a really big fan of the old Fantastic Four. Yeah, thank goodness they're rebooting it then. <laughs> well, they're rebooting it. Okay, let's talk about that then. Who would you want to see? In some of the like, The Rock has talked about said he was born to play the thing. Yeah, that'd be he's cool. wanting to play the thing, hmm. and I'm like, that's how you sell tickets. Yeah, I want to see. I keep seeing that everybody's got fan fan made art of this Jim from The Office to play Mister Fantastic. Really? Yeah, it looks good when wow. you see like the white on the side of the head. You know? Yeah, man. I guess he's he's supposed to be a mundane looking average guy. Yeah. That's just, that'd be funny. Once we get Mr. Fantastic in there, we can get the Illuminati where they have like all the smartest superheroes come together and like actually decide what happens. Mm -hmm. So it really, you get Namor as well in there. You could, you could really open up a lot. We're mm -hmm. missing uh, Iron Man's one. Well, I'll say much more. <laughs> He's one of them too. Um, yeah, I don't know. Who would play the Human Torch then? Uh, yeah, let's bring back Chris Evans. <laughs> Captain America played him before. We'll play, have him play it again. Pull him out of time. Yeah. Perfect. God, that'd be boy, that'd be neat, wouldn't it? That'd be crazy. Yeah. So, well, all right. They go, to think a, about. they go to an alternate reality where he was the other version. Of it, the super soldiers <clears throat> serum didn't react well for his body, and all of a sudden it made him where he's constantly on fire or something yeah, like that. I'd that'd be cool. neat and angelus. <laughs> Any ideas for Fantastic Four people? Honestly, no. Yeah, uh, it's a I'm tough not one. Really, like, I'm not, not really excited for it. Yeah, uh, I, I'm excited for him because I haven't seen him done well. I'm looking forward to them being done really well. So. This is our chance, guys. Okay. Disneyland is beginning production on a Marvel theme park section of Disneyland. Mm, that's cool. You been Have you been there since they've had the Guardians of the Galaxy ride? Uh, no. In California Adventures? Negative. So, okay. So, for those of you guys who are not in the area or know Disneyland stuff, we're all Disney fiends over here. Disneyland is split up into two parks. There's Disneyland and there's California Adventures. And basically, you always get the park hopper so you can go to both. California Adventures has a Guardians of the Galaxy ride. It used to be the Tower of Terror. Mm -hmm. And there's a Bugs Life park next to them for like the little kids. They're ripping that out and they're making that all Marvel now. Nice. Yeah, honestly nice because the, the Bugs Life was, man, it's okay. Yeah, it's outdated. Yeah. Uh, and so that's going into the Marvel, that's becoming a Marvel ride. Is there any ride you guys want to see like themed around Marvel? I would like to see a Doctor Strange House of Mirrors. Hmm, cool. I'd like to see what Disney can do with like just a simple idea of like yeah. House of Mirrors. Just a place full of illusions. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. So you're walking around. They have like in the Haunted Mansion where you're like when you're looking through, you can see like the, the ghosts that are riding the ride with you. I want to see like that level of trickery, mm. but it's all in. You know, they and could, he has that mirror universe. You yeah. know, they could so easily make what is a wall and then he creates a portal in front of you and you, you go through the portal. Yeah. Oh, man, that'd be cool. Because everything he and I, I want to see that effect they have in the movie where they talk about the mirror world and it's like all shattered mirror. Yeah. That he walks. I want to see like you being able to step into that. Mm, that'd be cool. Yeah. Is there all anything right, else you guys can think of that you'd want to see in the Marvel, Marvel rides, an Iron Man roller coaster or something like that? Yeah. Well, but I don't know. How would you build a roller coaster around Iron Man? 
I'm th- maybe Thor's tip. hammer and where you're sitting on the edge and it just spins you and he goes up and down and stuff like that. As much Yo. as I don't like Thor Ragnarok, they could probably make one around that. Thor yeah, Ragnarok is so cool good. I <laughs> yeah. like it. I don't know if you guys went to uh, Universal Studios and ride the Harry Potter rides. I haven't ridden it, but I know where it's at. Well, you know how it's like, well, it's a mechanical, like, like it's a bunch of chairs. It's yeah. like arm and it lifts you and you're pretty much going through like a bunch of scenes and like, and you're pretty much like flying yeah. in a way. So it'd be cool if they got that uh technology that engineering and do like uh avengers like in space and they're fighting that'd be cool yeah something like that and you're i don't know they'd have to make it different but like it'd be cool to like go through like a whole like track Mm -hmm. and it's just like redo uh soaring california yeah to like something like avengers that that, i mean just makes sense for iron man yeah where you're soaring and you're like you'd be like iron man on that Mm -hmm. thor you could do a thor version of that That'd be really cool. And like an mm. interactive ride too. So. Where you actually, you know, you got like a laser gun or something like that. Yeah, so they that had the Toy Story one that's like that where you're sitting there with the blasters. Yeah, that'd be cool. Toy Story movie was so good. Um, but yeah, so I, like I said, House of Mirrors, I think the Thor's Hammer is a gimme. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's quite a few ones. I'm excited for it. That's, that's going to bring a lot of attention to, uh, I think a lot of people don't know about California Adventures. Yeah. That's in the same parking lot. I mean, it's like right there. And it is a blast. It's a lot of fun over there. I have more fun at Disneyland, I'll admit, but it's still a blast to go to California Adventures. It's much more modern park. The Cars Land is hel- is just not hilarious, but it's so fun to be in Cars Land. Yeah. The Cars ride's great. Well, I think I'm, it should be I'm longer. Excited. I'm taking my mom. I yeah. think I told you guys. She hasn't been there for a while. And every time I go, it's usually take like an ex girlfriend yeah. <laughs> dating at the time. Yeah. So she's gonna take my mom. We're gonna go there for this like might a be day. a bad sign for your you and your mom's relationship. <laughs> she might not want to talk to you after this. I'm just saying you're gonna lose your inheritance. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna take her. She wants to see all that stuff. So I was like, eh. She hasn't she hasn't been there since the California Adventures? She hasn't been there for a while. Like okay. probably like four years now. Oh, okay, okay. okay. Yeah. Not the, too bad, not too bad. But still, but yeah, she doesn't nice really to get her. to like Six Flags is like right here, like forty five minutes, but she can't do any of those rides. They're it's, too much for me. Yeah, yeah, they're too too high. Everything's kind of crazy, but Disneyland and California Adventures, they're not that bad. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they're they're fast, but not like crazy. Yeah, the the worst one is the Dash ride, the Incredibles ride. But other than that, that was amazing. That was a fun ride. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> enough said on that one. All right, uh, coming to TV, i got a challenge for you guys. Okay, coming to TV, we have some uh, CW announcements, all the shows coming up. We have Flash coming October 8th, Arrow October 15th. That's going to be the final season for Arrow. Supergirl, October 6th. Batwoman, October 6th. And then uh, Black Lightning is coming October 21st. Now, you guys don't watch those at all. Can I bring Mm -hmm. one more? Yeah, Supernatural. Supernatural, October what do you know what day? Nah, I was I couldn't I, I was like I probably should Wait, put Supernatural on it's here. It's coming back. I didn't get the final uh, season for final that too. Season. Oh, 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 season okay. series finale. Oh, yeah. See, so CW's got a lot of things coming this. All right, and there's yeah. Legends of Tomorrow that they don't have a date for yet. Legends of Tomorrow is one of my favorites, but it's not on there. I know you guys don't watch any of this, but I will watch a show you pick if you watch a sh- one of these shows that I pick. All right, does that sound like a fair trade off? I can't find anything bad enough for you to watch. <laughs> to, <laughs> these aren't bad. To compare to those. Okay. One show I want to watch is uh, Legacy. Interesting. Legacy. I'm not Legacy. familiar with that. I think it's called Legacy. It's, I think it's supposed to be connected to like Supernatural in a way, but they fight oh, you monsters. I, I need to get... I'll, I'll look it up. Okay. Try to figure it out. But I, you find it. If you, watch, if you have me watch that, I'll have you watch Arrow. Season one. I've seen season one. Okay. Season two then. 
I, honestly, season five is the best season. Oh, uh, season I, five. I, I, I thought it's too intertwined. Two I'm good. No, just Arrow season one. I tried season one. I watched like the first four episodes, and I was like, "Oh wow, this is really like made for teenage when girls." He, like, it's terrible. Forgot, it's it's, like, it's teenage drama because yeah. he was on an island. Or, uh, no, yeah. His memory's fine. Oh my god. Yeah, it was terrible. <sighs> it was Another bad. show I started watching though, I forgot, I haven't mentioned, is called Siren by Freeform, and it's terrible. But okay, yeah. it's interesting, but it's terrible. You know why? Because of that Freeform part. That's ABC Family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty bad. Yeah. It's it's funny but bad. <laughs> it's funny when it's not supposed to be funny. I was hoping to get you guys hooked on this new season of uh, Flash and Arrow and stuff, but no takers. All right, uh, next up, talking about Last of Us. Last of Us Two gets release of February for next year. That's pretty huge. It's basically the beginning yeah. of the year that the new systems come out. Yeah, I'm shutting off my computer for that game. That's big, guys. I'm not gonna lie, that's pretty big. Like <laughs> I still have Kingdom Hearts wrapped. I haven't even touched that yet. I'm. You need to just play that game. Nah. Um, then return it. Do something. No, like, I'm you... Collect it, and then one of these days, maybe when I'm done with The Last of Us, too, I'll actually try to play it. When I was watching the new Toy Story, I was thinking like this would have been a better version of the Toy Story level, like because they're in an antique uh, room or antique shop during the new Toy Story. I'm like that could have been a really good level in Kingdom Hearts. Mm. Instead, they yeah, that game sucked. Anyways, <laughs> well, you should play it. I think it'd be good. Mm. But yeah, Last of Us Two coming in February. That's a biggie for PlayStation. That's pretty cool. Okay. City Skylines, which is like a uh, it's like a better version of Sim City, really. Mm-hmm. It's coming to board games. Uh, they're going to make a board game out of it. And uh, there's kind of a little bit of hype around this. Is there any other video games you guys can think of that you'd want to see in board game form? I never really thought about that being mm-hmm. a, like a market, but it's there now. That's interesting. That takes a lot of thought. I can't. So, so this game, you're building like 3D, you know. Yeah, they actually show like, like you're building a city. But it's a board game where you're like competing with other people. Like but you're Monopoly, building. but as you go around with your hotels, you build them higher and higher. Yeah, because it, it, it looks more like Settlers of Catan, actually. But yeah, oh, something see, like see. that. Yeah. Huh. I was thinking Civilization, I think, is, is tailored made for this, where you could pick like, oh, I want to be Genghis Khan, and I want to be uh, Theodore Roosevelt, and I want to be, you know, whoever, Justin Trudeau, or something like that. And then you're building, and, and then you're like trying to build your civilization, and whoever gets to the first, you guys could pick what kind of victory you guys want to do, mm-hmm. or not. You could just go with one of the four victories. And so you're trying to collect enough cards to like become the wealthiest nation to where you're like everybody's got a, one of my trading posts in their country, mm-hmm. or the war one. You could actually go by war dominance is what it's called in the game, and you like take over the other nations, or you can go by first one to have enough technology to go to space. Mm-hmm. So there's different things you know that you can do. So I think we need somebody with some money, big companies, need to break this concept of board games into the next generation and have a big you know two foot by two foot tablet that yeah. is your board. And then you upload whatever games they offer for however much they want to charge because they're going to own it all. Yeah. And then you could play endless games and it'll be, you know, like 3D. And if they can make hologram freaking things, it'd be amazing. Yeah. But I mean, like, start for Yu Gi Oh! That would be amazing. I would buy it right away. Yeah. Put down a card, boom, Dark Magician comes out, yeah. starts doing a little. Yeah, dark magician they got, power or whatever. Yeah, they I bet the they could do that with the augmented reality, where you're like it's yeah. through your phone or through glasses, mm-hmm. and you're looking and you can see like black magician come up, and then that guy's got a blue eyes, white dragon, shows my date on Google cards, and then they like you could actually watch them fight. That'd be pretty amazing. Be so uh, cool. They use that cool. VR or that VR stuff. Yeah. That would be awesome. I'd, yeah. I'd definitely get it. And then you could still have the old classics like Monopoly, yeah. you know, just display differently. See, it's looks better the thing though is table game tabletop games are just they're becoming so popular now yeah. it's a are resurgence really? of it oh yeah they're huge why it's because it's it's a community building it's all about community building and so they're still really big for that mm. i don't know i think it's it's one of those things where i think it's around 
You guys can't think of any video games you guys would put in there? Uh, I don't know. It, it's like changing. StarCraft would be good. Yeah. Maybe like a StarCraft board game. I don't know. I can't think of any. Yeah. It takes it. It'd have to be a strategy-based game. You couldn't just have like Halo the video game or Halo yeah. the board game where it's like, okay, well, I'm shooting my gun. You're dead now. <laughs> like, yeah. It doesn't make sense. But a strategy-based game I think would be good. You know, I'm, I'm wanted to, there's not a Minecraft, but there's Minecraft Legos, but there's not a way to do Minecraft or anything like that. But yeah, mm. something to think about. Okay, next up, we're getting a Hogger Games prequel book. Okay, they're, re they're releasing a new book, May 19th, 2020. I am very down for this. It's supposed to be taking place in uh, Pan Am again, and I'm not sure if it's either the first Hogger Games or it's during the Revolution. It'll probably be the first Hogger Games. Mm -hmm. uh, this looks good to me. I love I love Hogger Games. I'm not going to lie. The yeah. books were fantastic, so easy reads. Yeah, I didn't read the other ones, but of course, watch the movies. But I'm down to read that one. That'd be cool. Yeah, they're I mean they're real fast. They're like 250 pages, mm. real short. Maybe maybe a little longer, but they're pretty good. Did you end up reading any of those? Uh, I read one of them, but I've seen the movies. They're cool. I'm probably not gonna get into it, honestly. I, I have yeah. other books, my anime books that I need to read. I know I've got wild books I gotta get there too. Yeah, I still have a couple of those, so I'm just like, eh. yeah. Yeah. The the only the thing I didn't like about the movies is they split the last book into two movies, mm. which was so dumb. They didn't need that. It was definitely not worth it. Mm. It's like with the the Hobbit. I love Hobbit, but a small two hundred page book they split into three movies. Definitely didn't need that much. There was yeah. no reason for try to make more money though. I know, but that's but the the story doesn't end up as good. Then I don't know personally. I just didn't care for it as much. And then Oblivion Song, which is a um, Robert Kirkman, uh, Kirkman comic book. It's about like this bubble came in and took half of New York or something like that and transported it somewhere else where there's like weird monsters all over where people are trying to survive. That's a, that's a comic book called Oblivion Song. They're making it into a movie now. Hmm. The reason this is cool news is because Robert Kirkman's one that invented Walking Dead. Hmm. So this that's is going to cool. be from the same mind. Yeah, and stuff like that. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, he's, he's pretty amazing. I'm pretty excited about that. Hey, um, did you, um, I don't know if you guys actually mentioned this, but uh, did you see that Tom Hardy is confirmed for Venom 2? Oh really? He wants Venom too. No, is returning for Venom too. Oh, Tom Hardy. I'm thinking Tom, Tom Holland. Holland. No, no, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tom Holland wants a Spider-Man Venom movie, uh, but yeah, Tom mm -hmm. Hardy. Yeah, coming back for Venom too. That's awesome. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. That's really good. I still gotta watch that, but. <laughs> oh, that's a good movie. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. That's cool. That's cool. All right. So next up is the Spider-Man review. All right, let's do our spoiler-free Spider-Man review. Uh, this one will be fully spoiler-free, and next week we'll go ahead and we'll talk about it with the full spoilers. But because this is coming out like right on the the, the release date, I want to make sure that you know we're giving you guys plenty of time to go out and take a look at this. Uh, it was a good film, so it's totally worth a watch. Of course, it's MCU, so we know it's going to be at least beautiful. <laughs> but it was it was a good 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 movie. Uh, let's go ahead and break down our director is John Watts. He's the one that did Spider-Man: Homecoming. So you guys are familiar with him. Uh, casting somebody is all the all the people we already know. So we got Tom Holland as Spider-Man, Samuel Jackson, Nick Fury, Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio. He's new to the uh, to the MCU. John Favreau, he's he's back as Happy Hogan. We have uh, Marissa Tomei as uh, May Parker, Aunt May. Everybody knows there's Aunt May. Uh, Zendaya is back as MJ, and then we have um, Jacob uh, Batalon as is Ned's uh, Ned Leeds. A uh, couple of side characters I want to talk about later on. I'll mention now is. J.B. Smoove and Martin Starr are in as teachers. And then we have uh, 
Remy High. Uh, he plays this character named Brad Davis. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about him in a little bit. So what we're going to do is we're going to break down acting, then production, and then story. Kind of give each of them a little bit of a rating. We'll go 30, 34, and 33. So 33, 34, 33. That's what they're going to be out of. So we'll get grand total of something out of 100. All right. So let's go ahead and go down the list again. So Tom Holland as Spider-Man. Again, I think he's the best Spider-Man that we've had. Uh, I, I just way better than Andrew Garfield. I think pretty much anybody would be. Um, and, uh, and I, I just really like him. Uh, Tobey Maguire was, I think it's Tobey Maguire. Boy, I hope I get that name right. But he was the Spider-Man that like, oh man, this guy's amazing. But I think that Tom Holland just really nails that, that personality, that happy-go-lucky personality. We didn't quite get a lot of the happy-go-lucky in this one, but that makes sense in the grand scheme of the MCU. I think this movie might have hurt it from hurt by it a little bit, but I wouldn't necessarily blame that on Tom Holland. I think that's more of a story aspect of it. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, yeah, they just lost a lot. And uh, spoiler alert for uh, Infinity, or I'm sorry, Endgame. So Avengers Endgame, we're going to be talking about the post-Avengers Endgame. This is the first movie after Endgame, and it is very heavily needed or it references to Endgame a lot. So just to hedge up on that, uh, but yeah, so so we're post-Iron Man, we're post-Captain America and post-Scarlet Witch, uh, Scarlet Witch uh, Black Widow. I mean, everybody's kind of, you know, down on down and uh, out on this. And, and this is all about this European trip that they're going to be going on and, and how Spider-Man is trying to still live his life. Peter Parker's still trying to live his life as a child or as a teenager and still be your, you know, Spider-Man. So it's really hard talk about some of the trailer footage because that is something that I expect everybody has seen. Uh, but like, like, uh, Nick Fury had said, like, bitch, you've been to space. Like you can't act like your neighborhood Spider-Man anymore. You're past that. So that's what we're looking at here. We're in that mood where everybody's just kind of like, okay, everybody's got to step up. We're in a new world now. Well, uh, a post Iron Man world. So we have Tom Holland and again, he, he nails it, but this isn't quite the Spider-Man I like just because he's a little bit sadder in this movie, but he as an actor is killing it. Samuel Jackson's doing his Nick Fury thing. Uh, this is a frustrated Nick Fury. It just is one that we've always seen. They do, uh, again, we're not doing any spoilers, but they do kind of talk about how like he has lost so much because of this snap um, and so much of his intel. So things are a little bit different now. Uh it's it's funny that they really do. I can't wait for our spoiler for one. It's gonna be fun. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, one of my personal favorite actors. I think he needs way more roles, but he's smarter to take. Smarter than that, he'll take only the good ones. Uh, he nails it in this movie. He carries the movie's acting so hard because everybody's acting is good. It's MCU good, so it's it's like oh yeah, they're good acting. They're doing well because they're casted well. Jake Gyllenhaal, I mean, when he's doing his mysterious things, it's just like crazy good. Uh, it's phenomenal. So just he's so good at this movie and i really wanted him to be batman and i still think there's a possibility let's get the old twilight boy out of there we don't we don't team jacob for life so we can get him out of there uh okay so then we have uh you know john favreau they really gave happy a bigger role in this movie and john favreau in general is just killing it lately right guys so he's in this he directed the first iron man he's in this and he really stepped up in this movie they gave him a lot more footage um but then he's also the director for the new lion king movie we'll be reviewing that in a couple weeks Pretty amazing. Great job, uh, John Favreau. But yeah, Happy's in this a lot more, and Happy is playing a lot of the audience character in some scenes. There's one emotional scene that, like, you are John Favreau in that scene, so it is really nice. Uh, Marissa Tomei is uh, Aunt May. It's funny because they casted her so young, it's hard to, like, 
keep saying Aunt May because it doesn't feel like Aunt May because Aunt May's an older character, but she does really good. And, um, and I, you know, she's, she's Marissa Tomei. You can't go wrong. Zendaya really opens things up. They, it, it was probably more the writing in this case, but she does a fantastic job of portraying it. They give MJ so much more character in this movie. She is so much more diverse. And the way that Zendaya, uh, I hope I'm saying the name right. Uh, the way she portrays it is you really see like, there's so many layers to her, you know? And it's up to Peter Parker. Peter Parker sees that. He, you can tell that Peter is seeing something in her that she she puts on a mask and he sees right through it. You could tell that by their interactions. These two's chemistry, I really like it. They're you could tell they're just they're really cool with each other. Like you could tell outside of this, they're good friends because they have that kind of personality. It feels like that, anyways. Um, and then of course Jacob is is his his man in the chair. He plays Ned Leeds. Um, which is a future villain. We'll talk about uh, possibilities when we do a review. Uh, spoiler one. In this movie, they don't lead to that at all. But in the comic books, Ned Leeds does become a bigger character later on. We have J.B. Smooth, side characters I want to talk about now. Okay, let's get these guys out of the way first. J.B. Smooth and Martin Starr. J.B. Smooth has been in a ton of things. Uh, I, I, the, I, I'm not necessarily a big fan of his, and it's because he played this one character on, his, on the show called The League for one episode, and I just he killed me in that. I was like, ah, oh, I just don't care for that. So I've always had kind of had a hard time getting used to him. Uh, and Martin Starr, I really like, cause, uh, spoiler alert. I like freaks and geeks, the old TV show. I don't know if you guys noticed that that's kind of what the name of this podcast is. It's geek freaks. Uh, definitely took some, <laughs> some inspiration from that show. Uh, he's from that show originally. He's on Silicon Valley. I think now he's amazing. So, so yeah, these two, they play these two teachers in this. And of course there's a bunch of high school students that they're chaperoning into uh, Europe. And so to watch these two bounce off of each other, you have the character, you have the one teacher that's kind of like, I'm going to be, you know, sleeping the whole flight. And then like, this is crazy. We should be partying kind of thing and having fun. And then you have the other one that's like really stressed out right now, guys, and just trying his best. <laughs> these, the way these two play off each other is fantastic. I would like for them to be in future MCU movies. And even as Peter like graduates or goes to college or whatever, we could still have these two like teaching some of the X-Men, like because the X-Men would have like a normal if they went to high school as well and to Xavier's school for the gifted, they could be doing both. Maybe like Miss Marvel or something like that goes to school. So we could kind of have that, like these characters always be somewhere in the MCU. They would be really fun characters. Uh, maybe they move on to some grander things. Maybe they move on to being both being professors. I would like to see them hang around more often. They're really fun off each other. Uh the other character I wanted to talk about as a side character is uh Remy High he plays Brad Davis. Now this actor is amazing. He's in one of my favorite Netflix shows that got canceled after only two seasons. He plays uh, Prince uh, Jingham in that in that show. It's it's a Marco uh, Polo. Please check that out, guys. It's only two seasons. The first season's fantastic. The second season, you can tell they were really trying to grab people with like bigger effects and bigger. But really, the first season I think is just so perfect. Uh, if I had like if I won the lotto, one of my things. There's a couple shows I keep telling people like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys buy houses and stuff like that. I am funding some production product projects and one of the shows i'd be funding is is uh, marco polo trying to get it back so the thing i want to talk about him though is the casting of him he's too old to be playing this role i think uh he does have a very young appearance uh but he doesn't play high schooler in even in marco polo i think he was like early 20s so that was you know four or five years ago fast forward now so i don't i'm not i didn't check his age but i, I know he's too old for this role uh, I think that was a bit of a miscast. While I do like Remy Hine, I really wish he was in more films. He is a really, really great actor. Um, and he, he you could tell he has potential for the future of, of the MCU. You could tell they kind of set him up to be a, a problem later on or a character later on. I don't even want to say a problem. But uh, yeah, he, he's pretty great. 
but that's pretty much it for casting, guys. It was it's a solid cast. It's MCU. I mean, you're not gonna go wrong with this. The only complaint was I think they should have got a younger actor for uh, Davis for Brad uh, Brad Davis. Um, otherwise, really good. JB Smoove and Martin Starr really really did really great, and John Favreau's just killing it. So I'm gonna give this a 30 out of 33. Uh, but yeah, overall good. Okay, let's get into production. Uh, this one we're gonna rate out of 34 because I think that. A special effects in an MCU movie is kind of where it's all at. Like, let's get real. We're going there for the eye candy. We're not going there for the complex stories or whatever. It's, it's really all about the eye candy. So let's walk into that. Uh, again, no spoilers, but we do start off with a memorial for everything that has happened in Endgame, like the characters that have died. Uh, but what's funny is it's made by the high school students. So it's very like iPhone or uh, what is it? Old iMovies or something like that. When you used to be able to make them with like with the presets, there's way too many transitions like Star Wipe, Star Wipe, Star Wipe. It's like that. It's really funny. Uh, and it's because these high school students made the, made the memorial. And it was, it was it was a good way to start the show. Um, they do address a lot of the loopholes, by the way, from Endgame. So um, different things. That, I won't say which ones just because, again, I'm trying to keep this tight. But. Uh, a lot of the loopholes, every one of them you could think of, really, that I could think of, were addressed. I was really happy with that. So that's that's a story thing, but I just wanted to kind of get that in there while we're talking about this memorial. Uh, the Mysterio effects, like the special effects of Mysterio, we already know Spider-Mans are going to be great, but Mysterio really played well because they made them look like it's, you could tell it's like a combination of magic and technology. Like his abilities look like magic, but you could tell the suit, like the way they designed it looks like it's less magic, less magician and more sciency which is something that fits in this spider-man's universe this spider-man's universe doesn't have much magic yes there's dr strange and he's apparently busy during this whole thing but it's it's less about that uh they do have a lot of heavy smoke in his effects which plays into the magician aspect so it's it's a good blend of the two uh spider-man has a couple new costumes we see uh stealth suit and we see a new suit that comes up it's the black and red i really like the black and red suit it's you can tell it's going to be kind of the future suit uh, that he'd be wearing. It's a little bit more of an homage to his first suit, like ever. Spider-Man's original suit was black and red. And then when they draw that suit, they use blue highlights to kind of like show contours. And then over time, the blue highlights became the blue. And, uh, but that's just how comics were done back then is you use blue highlights to show like the original, like early Black Panthers and stuff like that. You'll see blue highlights in there, although that suit is black, but they have blue highlights just to show contours of, of Black Panther. Same thing with Spider-Man, but eventually the blue took over, and he's now blue and red. This suit is black and red, and I thought it was really good. It had had a, a more modest effect when you went from the Endgame one that was all chrome and all metal, and not chrome, but all metal. Uh, he does wear that in the beginning, but this is a much more of our Spider-Man, so that was kind of nice. Uh, locations were beautiful and really, uh, you know, just again, the, the eye candy is what I think. But all of us iconic is all through Europe, um, but that doesn't play well in a spider-man movie i feel because spider-man is so new york like even i in california understand that i shouldn't see spider-man running around in california he is new york like that is his, he's your neighborhood spider-man so to see him away from that and that's a story thing as well it kind of felt weird it felt out of place the whole time uh he did well i mean he did well with what, what his surroundings were in venice and stuff like that he had some buildings to but just the classic swinging. And at the end of the movie, we see him back in New York and we see that classic swinging again. And it just, it takes you right away back to the old Spider-Man movies uh, to, to what makes you fall in love with him. It's just like, man, he looks like he's having a lot of fun. Uh, it was really, really, really cool. So these new locations are just, it was like they, they threw it at the end kind of like, don't worry, we're coming back. Like the, the fact that he's back in, in New York at the very end, it's like, don't worry, we're coming back. We understand that that wasn't the right locations. Not even that, that the right locations, but you know, it was it was really well done. So I'm happy to see him come home at the end. Uh, the monster effects were solid. They were, I would say, 
on par for MCU, nothing spectacular. Uh, you guys have seen these monsters, these elemental monsters in the trailers. They were on par. They 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 looked good. Nothing innovative, but they looked good. They were they're all right. Uh, audio production was top notch though. The the reason I really there were there were a couple moments where okay, like he landed on this carousel and then you could hear the music or you could hear the carousel sound come in, which then takes away some of the mood. Because again, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Uh, your music is all about the mood, while the visual is all about information. So. Uh, when he lands on the carousel and then you hear the music while you're in mid-fight, it like takes away the the impact of the fight. So it kind of like brings in a little bit of a humor. And while you're watching it, you may not register that, but your your mind, your feelings do. You realize, oh, <laughs> a carousel in the middle of this fight. That's crazy. So it's kind of one of those things, you know. All the effects were, were top-notch, though. There were a lot of special effects, a lot of technology sounds in this movie. They did a really good job with all the technology sounds. Uh, he has an updated, updated computer, this Edith, and that... All the all the sounds that come along with that were really well done. Uh, just a top-notch job, really. They kept it tight. There was one musical moment that really emotionally pulled on me. Everybody, you know, after Endgame, we're pretty we're pretty emotioned out, right? We're 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 being torn in every way. But there was one moment in this one that was, and I think if you're not a big MCU follower, you may not catch it. You're like, oh, that's I see what they're doing. But somebody who's watched these since Iron Man one, when they were doing that scene and they really set you up, and you in that scene, you're really John Favreau. If you're playing, you are happy. Um, happy. Uh, it really pulls at the heartstrings, and that was like, ah, that is so cool. So it was a really good moment. All right, let's go ahead and go into story. And I honestly, guys, I feel like story is its weakest part, and it's a shame because I love Spider-Man, but I really feel like this movie was meant to be a transition movie so much that it really kind of fell flat. It, it didn't feel like a Spider-Man. That's the problem. Is this movie did not feel like a Spider-Man. So. But overall, it's a transition from phase three to phase four and from pre-Iron Man and you know, all of Iron Man and then into post-Iron Man and how that world's going to look like. And it's it's a lot of a transition for Spider-Man himself. So we had him hike up and then we're going back. So it's, it's a transition in that. Um, again, they address a lot of the plot holes from Endgame. One thing they do is they call the snap the blip. So that might be a new thing now. Maybe they always will call what I like to, to call the snapture. They call it the blip. Which, okay, I don't really care for, but whatever. That's fine. <laughs> the beginning of the movie is a little slow. While they're waiting to get into the action, it feels like it takes a little bit. It's a little bit more of a school drama, almost an indie film, to be honest with you, uh, where it's where it's all about, you know, the nuances of two characters looking at each other and stuff like that. A little bit too much so. I mean, we're in an MCU movie again. I'm just I'm just here for explosions. <laughs> you know, it's it just it was a little bit slower than I had expected. Um, some of the comedy moments didn't land. There was this bell gag that, you know, it was just kind of like, okay, that's, that's kind of silly, really. Uh, just, just some of them didn't land. You really were kind of like, kind of get going, you know, they, they address a lot of, um, the Spider-Man being in the same place as Peter Parker. and like, okay, how do we avoid this? Because any intelligent person would be like, oh, Hey, look, Spider-Man went on vacation to Venice and also, Sp uh, or Peter Parker did. And also Spider-Man's there. So they address all that, which was really well done. Uh, all about the night monkeys, what they end up calling <laughs> <laughs> it was really good. Uh, the Edith, uh, the new computer system he has called Edith was really, it was, it was a nice touch. It was kind of a scaled back version of the old computer system he had. So he's not as dependent on it. That was in his old suit. So that was really cool. Uh, and it was just kind of a nice little reference back to Peter Parker the whole time or ba back to Iron Man. So that was really cool. Uh, the acronym was amazing, but I won't spoil that here because the acronym was a fun joke. That actually was a really well done joke. There is, of course, a big twist in this. Now, I'm going to, this is spoiler free, but I'm going to say something that if you are a comic book fan, you may feel the spoiler. So I'm going to count down from five. This is not a spoiler if you don't like avidly know the comics. Okay. 
So five, four, three, two, one. Okay, now the comic book story that this is all pulled from, and you know what I'm talking about, uh, it does generally follow those beats. Now they do make a big, so that that twist that you guys are all expecting to happen, it does happen. They kind of show you it will happen, but that big twist you're expecting to happen does happen. Um, and they, the changes they made, I'm not a big fan of, but I, I understand what they're trying to do. This this version of Spider-Man is not the Spider-Man we have where magic just exists. So there's a few things that, you know, that you have to sign things up. And I understand that. I, I It's a shame because I really liked the original or, uh, original comic book storyline uh, that this is pulling from. Like the fine details of that one, but it's okay. This one, this one's pretty cool. Uh, it's that big twist is still there. So I just want to say that much, um, which I liked that, that part of the story, the fact that that twist is there, I needed, that was good. But if you were watching the pacing and you're seeing how things are going, you're like, okay, so that means that they're, they're going to do the twist. It, it, it reveals it a little too much. I would have liked if they held the twist off until the last moment. They didn't. And, um, but yeah, the way they filmed a lot of those fights, uh, was very well done. I was worried about that, but that was very well done. That's all in production. Uh, so yeah, I did, but I didn't want to talk about that until after I had given that little five second thing. So yeah, it was very well done. Um, we'll go a lot more into that when we come up on our, our full review, our spoiler full review. So anyways, let's go ahead and give our ratings for that. Again, the story I thought was a lot lackluster. I think the pacing was off, so they didn't quite get to like, they didn't deliver it the right way. It didn't feel like a Spider-Man movie. It was a Good movie. It just didn't feel like a Spider-Man movie. So I'm giving it going to give this one a 22 out of 33, um, which is a bit of a ding, but you know, I, I just feel like that's the way to go. So that brings our grand total to 84 out of a hundred. Good movie. Totally worth the watch. Total eye candy. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is amazing in this movie. He just always is really. Uh, I still want him to be my Batman and <laughs> something, something more. Get him in the DC uh, universe as well. The last thing I want to make sure to bring up, though, there are two end credits. And guys, they if, if you're feeling less hyped while you're watching it, the two end credits, like full hype. I'm, I'm telling you guys, they were insane. Uh, we, of course, going to do a spoiler, spoiler full review later on. We're probably going to have a whole second segment that is just about these two end credits. They are crazy. Probably the first of the two end credits might be the best in all of... MCU's end credits. I, I I have to say that. And the second one, the implications of the second one, set up phase four. I mean, we're welcome to phase four, folks. So it's so huge. Make sure you guys stick around for those. Those are huge. I hope you guys check out this movie. And uh, again, 84. And hope you enjoy. All right, guys. So next up, we're talking about video game addiction. And uh, so let's let's clarify some things, okay? I think we have varying degrees of video game addiction in this room right now. Mm -hmm. No. Sorry, <laughs> Mo. I don't know what you're talking about. I, I was trying to look up the definition of addiction to help clarify. Do you have that already? I printed? have that, yeah. Okay, yeah. good, good, good. Um, okay, so we've always talked about how, oh, yeah, I'm addicted to WoW, or I'm addicted to Minecraft, or I'm addicted mm -hmm. to whatever. Heroin. Ark. Heroin, Rock yeah. Rockstars. Rockstars. Um, and, and it's important to clarify the fact that, first off, we're not medical professionals. Mm, uh, you can find help. There are clinics for, for video game addiction. Mm -hmm. We're not going to give you any of the phone numbers because there's a lot of them are for-profit, so we're not going to like necessarily aim you in that direction. Yeah. Uh, but you can find help if you do feel like you're addicted to video games. Uh, the reason this is coming up now is because the World, Horth World Health Organization, they came out with a, um, 
uh, with video game addiction as an actual disease now. And <laughs> I put down WOH as WHO. <laughs> World Organization of Health. Yeah, that messed me up a second ago. Same thing. Uh, so yeah, so they're calling it gaming disorder, which I think is a cooler name. And I'm going to go ahead and read down what is gaming disorder. This is from the World Health Organization. Uh, gaming disorder is defined in the 11th revision of the International Cla- uh, Clar- Classification of Diseases as a pattern of gaming behavior, digital gaming or video gaming, characterized by Im- impaired control over gaming, in- increasing priority given to gaming over other activities to the extent of gaming taking precedence over interest and daily activities, acceleration of gaming despite the occurrence of negative consequences. For gaming to be di- diagnosed, the behavior pattern must be sufficient in its severity to result in impairment in personal, family, social, educational, occupational, and other important areas and functions and must last for at least 12 months. So what they're saying is for you to be considered as having gaming disorder, Mm -hmm. you must, for at least 12 months, have video games in higher regard than your day-to-day activities. So Mm -hmm. I know we've all joked around about this. Calling in from work. Calling in from (laughs) work. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you let it affect your job, your personal relationships, yeah. other commitments you have. You got a birthday party to go to, and you're like, I don't really need to go to yeah. that. I got things I, to do. I got more nieces, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's all bad. You literally don't. Well, no, but, um, So, yeah. So, this is, what, this is what we want to talk about. Because it's becoming a disorder, a disease now, what does that mean? What are the pros and cons to video gaming? Because there are people coming down on both sides of this. John Hopkins has an article all about how, no, this isn't that bad. And actually, you guys are doing it wrong by saying it's a disease and stuff like that. So there are both sides of this. I think it means there's a lot of Americans who are going to be at home with a disease, playing video games and getting paid. So that when it first came out, that was the first, you know, Squeaks and I were talking about that. And it was like, well, if it's a disease, disease can you be considered disabled by it? Yeah. And in that case, can you be paid disability? I am down. <laughs> See? Exactly. And that's a problem. Which... I'm like, okay, yeah, if it is actually a disease, then why not? I mean, honestly, if it's an actual an addiction, and we look at game design now, there are entire departments, there's actually a Black Mirror about this, mm-hmm. an entire departments that are about, you know, making it a an addiction. So, uh, for an example, the game we'll probably use the most is World of Warcraft, because it's a game that I would say that I am addicted to. Mm-hmm. And we mean, I mean, if I were to, if you and me weren't playing this game right now, Daniel, and we were at a store or at a restaurant or whatever, I'm like, hey, Daniel, man, I'm getting the itch. You know exactly what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. It's the itch, yeah. and it's the itch to play WoW. But, see, like, I don't know. People are just so dumb, though. Like, I play video games all the time, Yeah. right? Right. I'm not addicted. I don't feel like I'm actually addicted either. So let me ask you, can I log into either of you guys' accounts and delete your character? No, that's just being rude. Right? <laughs> yeah. That is addiction it's if you can't walk away from it. I can walk away from it, but I still want it to be, but it's still a monument to my efforts. You can go to my house and throw away all the beer in there and I'll be okay. You're not addicted to beer. Oh, I know what you're saying, but (laughs) (laughs) But I I do have a level of of dependency on it. I'll give you that. Like, like if you were to delete my characters in WoW or, you know, whatever, I would feel, I I would, it would be crushed. You invested years and years of your time into that Because they're monuments that show my, my, my years of, of work. Yeah. And then, okay. So. So let's talk about all the pros of playing video games so much as we have, okay? First of all, me and Daniel probably wouldn't know each other really that well. Yeah. Joe and I. Joe and I wouldn't know Joe at all without World yeah, of Warcraft. You know what I'm saying? I, w- I would have never met Joe, Anthony, Squeaks. The yeah. people on this podcast, basically, except for you. Yeah. So. It's crazy. Tabitha. Yeah. Boom. Yeah, Richard. I actually go over there. I used to hang out when they were living in uh, 
six, seven hour drive to yeah. go hang out with people that he met through World of Warcraft. <laughs> yeah. But no, because they're friends. And a lot of people don't understand that like, oh, you get on every day and you play World of Warcraft or you play Minecraft or whatever. Minecraft's the same problem. Mm-hmm. You know, when you get that itch, you mm-hmm. for Minecraft. Same problem. So you're playing it all day, yada, yada, yada. And it's like, no, it's not like that. Normally, first off, we only play part of the day. We only play it like at night usually, right? Uh, because everybody's got work during the day and so we play at night. And then for the most part, it's about bullshitting in Discord, right? Honestly, yeah. A lot of times I'll just... Not doing anything, just chilling, talking. Now, how many times, those of you guys who play WoW know exactly what we're talking about. Have you ran around in circles on top of the Oracle Bar Bank? All the time. And I used to. There's All no the completion Nothing of goals. Do. Maybe you're doing quests or something Nothing. like that, but generally just that. talking. Or running around in Dow, that big square in Dow, you know? Yeah. And the whole point is you're just you're just talking to people. So let me try to put this in. To me, the and easiest. This addiction, is why I wanted to make sure this one you're on, because you're going to be the opposite of us. Yeah. To me, yeah. the easiest. Well, I'm kind of supporting you guys in this part. Uh, the easiest addiction to relate to for most people is alcoholism, I think, because right. everybody sees it. It's somewhat tolerated even, so it's a slippery slope. Yeah. Uh, but what you guys are saying is almost like I'm going to the bar, not because I want to get drunk. I'll have a beer, but I mainly just want to be there and hang out with everybody like cheers. Yeah. I just want to have that social environment somewhere to be. I'm not going to drink very much. You know, I could sit there sure. and just have a glass of water, but I want to be on... You know, from time to time, yeah, I'm going to tie one off and I'm going to be raiding, you know, until 2 a.m. or 6 a.m. or whatever time you There are, yeah, there are times when you're more severe, even within the, we'll say, addiction, even within the game. Yeah. You, there's varying degrees where, and and I've been on both sides of this where, and you have too, where you're, okay, I'm a mythic raider. I spend all of my efforts into making sure I'm the best I could possibly be. I have to be like top 50 in the world. Mm -hmm. You're pushing yourself as hard as you can. Then there's times like right now where, you're just on it to BS and to like, hey guys, I'm gonna hop over to a different game or I got work to do. I was typing up this, the report that I'm talking about right now. I was typing mm-hmm. this stuff up while I was talking on Discord with Daniel and with Derek. Mm-hmm. And it's because I was doing work at the same time. Yeah. So it's just filling in the gaps while you're just talking with your friends every night. And for a lot of people, especially our age, I'm in my 30s, you guys are, God, are you guys 20? Close. <laughs> Both close to your 30s. It's hard to hang out with your friends. Yeah. No, it's you're not in school anymore where you used to be able to see them every day so to see your regular friends it's really hard to kind of talk with them anymore and i think for a lot of adults that don't have video games mm-hmm. they don't have a way of building that social connection as much as they used to mm. there's facebook but that's fake i mean facebook is like just like liking and that's it so for people who aren't gamers could their version of video game addiction be social media addiction too that's so, so it's that is what I want to get to. That's what John Hopkins is arguing. Okay. John Hopkins is arguing, no, it's not that. It's not that video game addiction is a thing. Mm-hmm. It's digital addiction. Yeah. It's because we're lacking in our other, so, the way we used to, where we used to live in big communities yeah. that were like interconnected. You had to go talk to your neighbor for things. Mm-hmm. That we're all addicted to our, our, our social media devices, to our, to our digital connection, mm-hmm. that we're on our screen all the time because that's our window to everything out that's out there. Yeah. And I think video game addiction is actually part of that because it's less about, I'm not sitting there and I'm not hopping. If if it's a brand new game, say like Red Dead Redemption 3 came out, Mm -hmm. man, I'm good, man. I'm good for another two weeks. Guys, don't bug me. I'm playing Red Dead Redemption 2. And that's because the story's so enthralling. It's like binge watching Game of Thrones or something like that. Mm -hmm. It's because the story's got me. But then when the two weeks are done, it's not like I'm playing it over again. Mm -hmm. I'm done playing it. That is different than I think like what would be argued as a video game addiction. Like even the, the, the author of this piece, uh, Chanapa, oh boy, they got a long name. Uh, Tanapakchai. Oh God, I'm sorry okay. if that's that sounds terrible, but you Mr. guys see Arthur. that name, gotcha. Mr. Arthur. Yeah, <laughs> they're writing an article about this Michelle Colder Karras that works over there, and she's a World of Warcraft and a Dance Dance Revolution fan, uh, player, and she's talking about how it's 
in doing this, you guys are actually classifying digital addiction as video game addiction, and it's going to be ruining. It takes decades to get these things classified. So in doing that, now if somebody has a digital addiction to their phone, yeah. they may not be able to get much help in that field because mm. oh, but that's it's not a video game addiction. Way too narrow. Yeah. Hmm. And the the pros to this thing being put in place, the reason the World Health Organization wanted to do this, is because now people could actually use their insurance to get help at the clinics. Hmm. You can't go to before you went to a clinic and say, "Hey, I'm addicted to to League of Legends or something like that, and I need help." And they'd be like, "Okay, well, it's going to cost you twelve thousand dollars to get uh, to get kick this habit." Mm -hmm. Okay, well, I, maybe my insurance will cover it. Your insurance didn't recognize it as a disease; it wasn't a problem. Yeah. Now that's why they made this a disease, is because now it's like, "Okay, look, you have an avenue now to use this as your insurance problem." You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And they're saying the other reason they wanted to do it is because now they could actually get refund or funding on the research. Yeah. Because before it was like it's not a thing. But I think you're right. It should be broadened to include all media media sources. Yeah, digital addiction. Yeah. yeah, digital. Because like television is the addiction. Also, like yeah. go, I want to yeah. go home and watch TV. Like a lot of people, they rather watch TV. I don't know. It, it's kind of it's kind of dumb. It's a slippery like, slope. I, it I is. Play, like on my two days off, right? Mm -hmm. I was on my PC practically whole day right yeah. the whole day you know but i choose to play video games so i save money mm. like I, I can see if i'm you know i'm playing video games not talking not being social with other people then you start going kind of crazy yeah you, it's you like a hermit hearing, problem yeah man. you start hearing uh like voices and stuff like there are actually people that there are, there are people that have like, that. you're yeah. not social with people yeah, like yeah. after a certain amount of time then all of a sudden like you can start hearing voices and stuff like that I just know something. Anyways, yeah. I'm being social. I'm being active with other people. Like, mm -hmm. uh, not active, active physically, but it, it, it's it's really dumb that they're classifying that as addiction. Because right now, if I had a girlfriend, I wouldn't be playing video games. But based on what they said, you don't have an addiction. It has to affect your social life, your work life, have a, a negative impact on your life for a year before you can be considered an addict. Oh, I think there's been bouts that have been over a year. There has been times where you've been playing WoW for over a year that's gotten you hooked. Yeah, it got me hooked, but, but I, I could get off any time I really wanted to, but I've been like yeah. just trying do to you guys, Do you guys think playing WoW stops other things you want to do in your life? I think there are times when it has. Yeah. It, it takes a lot for that. So, Like when, a new expansion or raid? Or new, well, a new expansion, like we all know. I mean, there are. Oh. I, I know of people who take the days off when a new expansion comes out. Yeah. They, but they but it's just a couple days. Right. Yeah. And that's that's their vacation time is that they're playing well because we live in America and there's very limited vacation times here, yeah. um, and so that's that's what they use to spend it on. I, we go to a, we go to Anaheim. We've spent six hours in the drive down to a convention for this game, you know, yeah. every year. So and there's expensive tickets. So there is that, uh, but for the most part, it's not that. Those are just like the very high peaks. Yeah. So, so at the highest, you guys are addicts for a week or something like that, or a month. But yeah, but it's so it's so, to me, I feel like it's dangerous to call that an addiction. Like yeah. I know we joke around it's, calling it an addiction a lot, but I don't think it's actually an addiction because if there was something coming up, yeah. I would stop what I'm doing to go do that. So that's know? what I'm saying is they say for 12 months or more, you have to be at that at your that peak level yeah. effect. Yeah, I so, think the most addicted I've ever been to a game was Ark. Yeah. And you, I we live together in that one. Yeah, I still want to play that game someday. It's sad that you don't play it anymore, but it seems so cool. If a, if a new version or something like that, a game that was based off of that comes There's out. A, there is a new one that came out called Atlas. It's pirate version. Mm. Yeah. I just think it's so cool. Like, a lot of people, like, be a good board game. work and, like, want to miss days or, like, there's a birthday party, like you were yeah. saying. But 
even if you weren't addicted to video games mm-hmm. and you're already thinking, you know, you're supposedly addicted to video games, like, I don't want to go to the birthday party. If you weren't addicted to video games, you would probably still not want to go to that birthday party because you didn't want to. Yeah, it's not right. that you're just trying to put the blame that I'm playing video games. That's why I'm addicted. Yeah. It could and be still said just, the same it, thing. They're like, it's a blame game. oh, I'm right now in the middle of binging Chernobyl. So I really want to just go home and watch Chernobyl. Yeah. I'd rather do that than be here at this party. Yeah, so it, it's it's not necessarily the video game aspect that's the addiction. It's the wanting wanting to tailor your life to be enjoyable to what you want to do, and not yeah. caring about the other things. And note that when you're playing video games, that's your social life, right? Yeah. I mean, you guys talk you about, build a community there. That's one yeah. thing that, that that is talked about a little bit, but yeah. So like if Tabitha down in L.A. was having a birthday party, you'd probably much rather go down there than. 20 minutes away to oh, your cousin's yeah. house. Actually, that's a very good way that's to put it because she true. is... One of your closest friends. That's your social group. Yeah. One one thing that people don't understand about video games too is is you're like, well, yeah, but you don't know this person. I've heard that. How many times have you heard that? Like, yeah, <laughs> but you don't actually know them. You know them I, more than your grandparents. You know them very well because not only is this a person you talk to a lot to, a lot a lot with, you oftentimes talk to them for hours every yeah. night. Yeah. If you're if you're at this point where they're considering you hear an addiction, about their work, about their exes, about yeah, all the you know about their, their struggles. Uh, you know, we were just talking about Derek having a baby this month, this Monday, and that's exciting yeah. and stuff like that. And his, you know, and I only know he's from Kentucky. I'm from California, mm-hmm. and yet me and him, we've called each other brothers often. You know, and it's. When I had a surgery, your your job, Jonathan, was to text Derek so he knew that everything mm-hmm. went okay. And then Derek went through the tree and texted everybody that was in our guild that, and it was everybody wanted to know I was okay. Yeah. And that's that's life. That's real life. That's a friend who just doesn't live next to me. Yeah. And so it's hard. And he's actually going to be on the podcast more often. We mean him. We we're just talking about that last night. But it's hard for people to understand that that these are people that you know more about than. Yeah. I know more about what's going on in Derek's everyday life than I knew about Miguel, my actual brother. Yeah. His everyday life. Yeah. And he posts a lot of stuff about his kids' sports. But, I mean... On Facebook. Uh, yeah, exactly. And I don't use Facebook. That's, it's that's in his, his social network. Social network. Yeah. Exactly. And, and people don't understand these communities that we build. We yeah. check in on each other. We know each other's well-beings. Mm. There are times where I've had a conversation with... I won't say names, but there was a guy who I knew who was starting to kind of become... Squir- like, like, I could tell he was getting too much into into the game he was playing. Mm-hmm. And so I pulled him aside into a different channel. We call him on Discord. And I was like, hey, man, I think it's time for you to take a break. You're you're acting odd. It's actually kind of disrupting a couple other players. Again, I'm not using their names. Yeah. Um, and it's and I think what it is is you're just playing too much right now. You need to just kind of take a break. Yeah. And he did, and he's back, and he's amazing. It's mm-hmm. great to be talking to him again. I'm just I'm so excited he's back around. And you could tell he's like revitalized and stuff like that because it does wear on you mm-hmm. a little bit. And it's because he was playing for the wrong reasons. He was trying to catch up with everybody else. Mm-hmm. And he, so he was putting in extra time to do that. And yeah, it's like, no, you're putting having, in too much time. Not having fun anymore. You're, you're not having fun. Yeah. Because there are times where a, a game like Ark or WoW or Minecraft, we joke around about it again, but it, we're like, oh, this is my job, not a video game. And that, yeah. at that point, you got to stop playing because yeah. then you're you're pushing an addiction. Yeah. You're not in it for the social aspect. You're in it for other, other reasons. So now that this can be considered an addiction, I have a great idea. I think we should get into the money-making business. Um, so I went to a retreat up in like near Orville, a couple hours north, whatever. And it was out in the middle of nowhere. This place yeah. had no cell reception unless you climbed to the wow. highest hill, right? And it was sad. It was devastating for me. I kept climbing to the top of this hill. But <laughs> for everybody else, they were able to completely disconnect and just yeah. talk to the people around them. There's like all kinds of sports activities and stuff, volleyball and golf and uh, pool tables and all kinds of things to do there. And, you know, nice dinners and speakers and stuff like that. It was really cool place to be so i'm thinking that would be a really cool like 
place for, or, you know, a similar place like that for, uh, like a, a what, video clinics. game addiction yeah. retreat. Like, you know, get away from, if you need help, you have a problem, like, hey, speak to a counselor and they get you some help and then sign you up for a weekend or a week or something like that away where you have no access to computers or internet or cell phone. There, or there are clinics that are basically set up for that, yeah. that are set up to where like, okay, you don't have any access to the outside internet and stuff like that. But I don't think that's what's going to help. I th- I mean, I think it does, obviously. Yeah. I'm not one to say clinics don't Just work. Just to purge it, you know. Right. I think you need to set up relationships that like make an agreement like, hey, like we do right now with this podcast. Mm-hmm. Hey, every week, let's get together at Frank's house or John's house or whoever. Let's record the podcast so we can socialize like this. Otherwise, we'd be just talking through Discord or Facebook if Facebook's your thing. Mm-hmm. So say 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 you have a Facebook addiction. So we'll go with the digital addiction that like John Hopkins uh, University was talking about. Um, if you have a Facebook addiction, maybe you set up a time where like, hey, you know what? I'm gonna go out to my friends and we're gonna we're gonna make a barbecue. Or not even all that. I'm just gonna go to Jerry's house yeah. and we're gonna invite Tom, Tom, Jerry, and Tom, Jerry, and myself. We're gonna hang out and just just bullshit for a little bit. And I think that's important to set a, set aside time to do that. Yeah. But I also think that people, because that's one thing that, that John Hopkins was arguing, and CBS, they didn't catch it, but but basically a lot of the people that are that are doing this designation from the World Health Organization has never played a video game. Oh. Yeah. Right. So a lot of people doing this designation, I think the World Health Organization is doing it for a good reason, because they want to make sure that people can get insurance and that there are, there's funding into this research. So that's the reason they're doing this. And it has it made a disease now. But other people are saying, like, if you're going to do that, you need to put the real research behind it. Yeah. Get video game players on the ground. You mm-hmm. don't. It's like saying that, oh, yeah, there's a big problem in Zanzibar, and you don't have anybody that lives in Zanzibar talking about it. Yeah. You're just saying it from afar. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so that's one of those things where I think, I think we need to have people who are in it researching it. So I wonder what the big game developers like Blizzard would have to say about something. They like are this. all insanely against it. CBS talks about that. They're uh, all uh, against it. They have an organization called the Entertainment Software Association. They say this is reckless trivializes real mental health issues. So they're saying that yeah, there are times where people are addicted to digital content. Yeah. We can do this and you guys are saying it's a video game problem. You're shutting out people who are shopping too much, gambling too much. You're shutting yeah. out a problem well, we need to figure this out. Mm-hmm. Now, on the other side of this, there are video games. World of Warcraft is one of the biggest offenders of this, where they are tailored to make to to feel like a casino game. Mm-hmm. When you level in WoW, it makes that droom sound. I can't yeah. make and it, and it is a light. The reason it does that is it's supposed to be triggering something in your mind, the, the dopamine levels in your mind, yeah. to feel good that you just did that. It's a it's a level of accomplishment, and that's a trick that's messing with your brain to tell you like. Oh, okay, good. I got that. Yeah. And then you kind of start grinding into the next one. And there's everything's tailored that the way the music is played, it's not just because it sounds cool. It's because they have a pile of researchers that are saying this sound at this tone at that decibel mm-hmm. makes it trigger something in their mind where they know that they accomplished something and it feels good. Yeah. And then you want that feeling again, so you continue to play. So there is a lot of addiction pushing. We know freemium games on the phone. Where, where they make it real easy to hit that $1.99 for 15 gems or something like that. Yeah. And it's super easy. And the reason, the way that that color is, the, the where the placement is on the screen, all that is addiction stuff. All that is 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 triggering uh, what casinos use in yeah. their slot machines. I want to point out, I think casinos have failed lately. I have, no, I, I have no interest anymore in gambling because when I go in, 
no matter if I if I put in a dollar and I lose, it makes noises like I won. If I put in a yeah. dollar and I get ten cents back, it sounds like I just got a million dollars. They might have gone too far with their yeah. They're just trying to constantly whistles. get you to dump cash, yeah. and it's like okay, I'm not winning nothing, but you act like I am. So now yeah. all your noises are just white noise. Have you gone to the one in Ione yet? No, I drove by it the other day. Though. <laughs> when we were fishing, I was like, Maybe I, I love how that sound. I've almost never, like it almost got me though. I've never seen it. <laughs> Yeah. I do want to go to Red Hawk. I haven't been to Red Hawk in a while. Mm. I I used to go to Red Hawk quite often. I haven't been in a bit. All but right. we'll, we'll take a break from the gaming addiction and try out gambling. Yeah, let's try minute. some other addictions out. Yeah, just... I, I've been interested in this crack cocaine. <laughs> mm. Let's, it's let's give that a shot. It's good. Uh, but yeah, there's there's a big push to keep this going. Uh, video games made forty four billion dollars last year. That's more than wow. movies well or streaming. Well deserved. Yeah. They well, there, there's job. a huge market behind it. There's actually they're they're talking about unionizing all the video game industries. Which probably is fair when you hear about the the conditions. Sometimes it's really rough in there, um, and they're actually starting to dig because nowadays, like Netflix says, no, what is it? Yeah, Netflix says that their biggest competition isn't Hulu, isn't HBO. We talked about this before. It's Fortnite. Really? Netflix came out and said that's their biggest competition because it's not about oh we got to make sure to get their streaming attention. Mm-hmm. We got to make sure that when they're watching TV, we have the most attention. That's not what it's about anymore. It's all about we have to get most of their time yeah. because a person has X amount of free time after work, say four hours. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do with that four hours? Are you going to watch a movie? Are you going to play a video game? Are you going to do both? Oftentimes I do both, you know? Um, So it's all about, you know, time spent. And Facebook and Snapchat are also arguing that video games are pulling from their market too much. Hmm. They're pulling away from their Snapchat and the Facebook market. So that's out there too. I think that would be a smart thing for YouTube to try to partner with some of the big video game developers. And to make it make a window where, as you're gaming, you can have YouTube streaming in the corner. I mean, Netflix would be yeah. good for that too, but I think YouTube's probably more likely to reach into that. Yeah, because well, that could be something with Stadia because it's owned, they're both owned by Google. Yeah, so that could be That'd something be there. Smart. So basically, just to wrap things up, guys, uh, I just want to put this out there: uh, the American um, Psychi- Psychiatric Association estimates that between 0.3 percent and 1 percent of the world's population suffers from gaming disorder, or upwards of 75 million people. Mm. So. Whether or not you feel like this is malarkey or, you know, it's one of those things that I think digital addiction is a thing, but I do think that people need to understand that it's also community, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just a new version of community. And that's something that I don't think a lot of people understand when they don't know video games. This is a new community. But if you do feel like you have gaming addiction and you feel like it's ruining the rest of your life, that is a problem Mm -hmm. and you need to reach out to clinics and uh, find help. Um, But, but I do need it. I do think it needs to go both ways. I think that they need to, find a better way to research this. All right. Well, that's it for uh, gaming addiction. And then we'll go on to our uh, Disneyland review with squeaks. That's the call in episode. So off to that. All right. Now we're with squeaks. I'm going to be talking about star Wars galaxy's edge in Disneyland. Squeaks, you went down there. And uh, what'd you think of the place? Uh, It's very beautiful. For sure. Right when you first walk in, uh, one of the entrances that they make you walk in, there's about three different entrances, but they have a way they do it. <clears throat> so you go into one, and you know you're in Star Wars right away because you start seeing ships, start seeing TIE fighters and so uh, cool. X-Wings. <laughs> <clears throat> so the land is, I mean, right when you, the land itself is beautiful. Right. And just leading right. up to it is, they also have uh, footprints on the ground of like different animals or species, whatever you want to call it, nice. um, on the Star Wars world. Um, so right off the gate, when you're walking in, you're already just stunned of the work that they do. Yeah. And, uh, and how big would you say that section is? <clears throat> it's not very big. Um, 
if it was about not too many lines um, and you didn't have to wait for a lot of things, uh, it's about – you could probably walk through about an hour. Um, it's really only a one-ride park as of right now. I know they're opening an expansion here pretty soon. Yeah. I believe in August, but don't quote me. But then it's just a two-ride park. Other than that, you got some stuff to look around, but it's – you can maybe hang out in two different sections, and I'll dive into that a little bit more when we talk more depth inside of it. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I, I had a four four hour reservation, and I really only needed, I think I only used maybe two and a half hours, okay. to three, you know. Okay, so and this is where does where is this positioned in the park? So everybody kind of gets an idea of its positioning. If you guys have been to Disneyland before, so there's different entrances. There's three of them, I believe. Okay. Um, you could go through in Frontierland. But the way they had us go through is more into Critter Country next to Splash Mountain. I see. Um, and that way, I would say, is the best way for the reason that you get to experience like the street with the footprints and then different ships just here and there as you're walking to actual Baku. I think they named that planet. Okay. You know, Galaxy's Edge. Okay. Um, so it looks like two different areas, Critter's Country and, um, and Frontierland. Okay. Okay. All right. So... We're there. We're coming in from Critters Country. Go ahead and break down like what it is that you're seeing when you first start walking in. We have the ships that you're seeing. Start breaking down like as you're experiencing it in a row, kind of thing. All right, let me try. Let me try to remember. <laughs> so you're walking in. Already said the footprints. You know, to your right, you'll see. Uh, you'll see an X-wing that nice. looks like That's it's kind so of cool. sitting there. But at the same time, you also hear like boost up and stuff. So it's sitting there, and you hear the noises like it's like running its engine or whatnot. Right. Um. To the left, they have some stands here and there of just merchandise and whatnot, like exclusive things that you could buy over there. Um, lights that are matching the land. Um, it's what I like that they didn't have too much music playing. Oh, really? Okay, so it's a little bit more natural then. Yeah, and it kind of like had that mysterious buildup, but then later on, you kind of hear some sounds and uh, whatnot when you get closer into it. Right. But then when and you start turning the corner, you start seeing like the, I guess the rundown city. The architecture of all the buildings okay and then yeah. when you walk in there and i know i've sent you some pictures too of like the like did you the picture that i have with all the lights on the um up in the air you yeah yeah we we posted these to our twitter and we'll be on our facebook so when you're there you're walking through it's like a uh, alleyway and to the right and left of that are different shops where you can buy merchandise uh, I'm talking like merchandise to where you can buy the chess board that chewy and uh was playing oh you're killing me Oh, I want that so bad. <laughs> uh, I should have bought it, but I was like, <sighs> "How much? How much was it?" I think it, it was. I think at least seventy dollars. I'm trying to remember everything. That's I, really not too bad for Disneyland. That's like one sweater. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then they sell uh, more chess piece monsters, um, additional separately. Oh, they get you. They get you. Anyway, um, you're doing that, and they have um, you go down the alleyway, um. And I got a couple things I wanted to buy. And it wasn't like crazy merchandise. They sell those droid sodas. Have you seen those, like the little ball and the cap on it? It's- I haven't seen those. No, yeah, I haven't seen those. Okay, I'll send you a picture of them. Okay. Um, but they're the droid sodas. They have a Sprite Coke and a Diet Coke. I should have bought all three, but I just bought two of them. Yeah. Um, and then uh, also there's a place to get chicken. So check this out. This chicken stop is like a, a couple of tables and it's a big round circle. But in the middle of it is an engine. Uh, I don't know where the engine comes from, but I believe it's from like a, a racer from episode okay. one. 
Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. What it is is that you see this robot just turning it constantly, and he's turning meat. And you can see the meat because it's like alien meat. You can tell like That's little cool. uh, the heads and the teeth on it, but he's rotating it the whole time. <laughs> but that engine turns on while you're just kind of chilling and sitting there. And it's supposed to look like, obviously, the heat from the engine is cooking the meat. Is there any heat coming from it, or is it all just special effects? No, it's all just special. You got like steam okay. and then just cool. sounds and lighting. Um, uh, so let's see. So you get past that. Um, now you're kind of in this area where you start seeing um, the lightsaber building, the droid building, um, and another restaurant that serves just more overall food and desserts. Okay, okay. Now the lightsaber building is that a is it just a shop full of lightsabers or how does what is it? So check this out. So I'm a little frustrated. I'll get to more about my frustrations with the parking in a little bit. Okay. So that requires a reservation, and I don't know why. I didn't know if it was just too busy. It's a two hundred dollar uh, lightsaber what? building. What? So, but it makes sense now why you need a reservation because I was looking doing some research afterwards. So you go up to the stand, which um, I had a hard time finding. Okay. But they kind of keep it a secret, and we'll get to that in a minute. So you go to the stand, you kind of see the parts you can pick. You're like, all right, cool, whatever. And, of course, the cast is in character, so they're like, you know, oh, I got this, I got this for this many credits, you know, whatever they're <sighs> yeah, saying. Yeah, And um, it's like, okay, cool. So you get up there, you see, and I saw this paper, and it had all the parts on it. I was like, oh, this must be it. So, but they told me, obviously, I need a reservation. So turns out you go, and they come back 30 minutes later, and they take you into this building and it's like a whole freaking show that they do for you in these little stations that you kind of just sit there. And it's like a little tabletop for yourself individually. Yeah. And they give you the parts that you picked after they explain like a little – kind of like a little show for you. Um, right. Explain like the colors and whatnot in a cool Star Wars way. And then that's where you put it together. That's so cool. So I'm like it's, it's more of an experience. And I see why there's a reservation because there's so many little like workshops that you can sit there and do it. Hmm. So um, – I think next time that's what I'm going to do for sure now that I know how to go about it. Um, so The droid bill. Oh, go ahead. So Okay, so I just want to clarify. You you pay $200 for the reservation, or is it like normally just going to be $200 to get your lightsaber kind of thing? So what they do now after looking it up is you have to do your reservation before you go into the park. Right. Um, and you pay the $200 up front because you're not – they don't want people just to go there and participate in the show like the little – and experience the inside in the building of a lightsaber and then be like, no, nah, I don't want it now. I see. I see. That makes sense. So it kind of reminds me, the way you're describing it is like, have you done the uh, wand selection in Universal Studios, the Harry Potter area? Yes. Yes. It pretty much is like that, just on a little bit bigger scale. Okay. Okay. That's cool. Because I, I was like, oh man, this wand thing is amazing. And then you get to the shop, you're like, oh, the wands are not cheap. <laughs> okay. But, but you're buying it up front, so it's a little bit better. That's yeah, cool. this one they're just like, no, you got to pay up front because you're gonna build it. The wand thing is just kind of you could go in there and experience it real quick, but you don't really have to buy anything. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, the droid building is really neat. Um, that one doesn't require a reservation or anything. You just get in line and you go to a workstation. You literally have your own workstation. I don't know how many stations they have, but droid parts are coming on a conveyor belt, and you're just picking whatever you want. And any color you want, and then that's your droid, and it's all remote control, and it what it's up and everything. Yeah. So I had. <laughs> do you get to keep the droid? Oh yeah, you buy like a little. It's like a hundred dollar droid. It starts off as a hundred dollars, and right when you walk in, it says, like, the starting price is a hundred. And then you go through, and you see, you just pick up parts. You can do like a 
I've seen so many different colors like R2D2s and BB8. Oh man, that's amazing. Pretty neat. Yeah, that that whole workshop is neat because on the top of it, you're just seeing like um uh how do you say you know like the doors in monsters inc and they grab the door and you just see them going in the factory and there's just so many doors yeah going through a belt so that's pretty much what it was is just a bunch of droid parts on the ceiling just going around in circles to make you feel like you're actually in like this factory i love disneyland when they do that when it feels when you just feel like you're immersed in it like oh i love how they do that so that's exciting i can't wait that's cool yeah they did star wars a wonderful job in making you feel like holy crap like everything this is real <laughs> that's amazing to the point where when you're walking around like different restaurants and different words, uh, you, if you get the Disney app, you can play um, games in the in the universe or world or whatever you want to call it, in the land. Yeah. And also you could decrypt a bunch of lettering they put there. So if a restaurant says, I don't know, if a restaurant has like this coding, you type it in those uh, letters and it says, okay, service. You know, like. Oh, that's neat. That's neat. So, yeah, it's like you're a translator. Yeah, that's right. It's a translator. That's so neat. Looking for the right word. Okay, here's the okay. Here's the tricky thing, though. If you said credits before, I'm wondering, do they say, like, if you're talking to a vendor, because if people don't understand, uh, the people that are the actors, they, guys, they actually audition for these roles to work at Disneyland, uh, and they take their jobs very seriously. They're very much in their character. And in Star Wars Land, from what we've seen, they're actually, like, taking it to the next level. So my question for you is, say you were to, like, say, like, hey, I want to buy a hamburger. How much does it cost? Would they tell you five bucks or would they tell you like 550 credits? What would they tell you? No, they tell you credits. So That's so cool. Okay, cool. <laughs> another thing I bought, so check this out. Another thing I bought that I wanted was the milk. And I, I don't know if you've heard about The that. blue milk, yeah. Green milk, yeah. yeah. So my thing was I wanted the the big milk jug. I don't know if you've seen those. Oh, like, I haven't. It shows like, yeah, it's a little picture of like um, creatures on each side and it lights up. But I wanted this milk jug, so... I stood in line, and even that is amazing because it's just bottles of, like, glass jars hanging around everywhere of, like, blue and green. And you hear, like, the sound effects of the fact the little area making, I don't know, whatever, the milk and bubble soundings. So when you get up to the counter, <clears throat> they – I think my thing was twenty four ninety nine, but they're like, okay, that would be uh, – Twenty four ninety nine credits. Everything is all only said. Oh, okay, okay. So it's easy. Tri okay, I wasn't sure if there was like some sort of conversion rate you have to like keep doing in your head. No, <laughs> that's cool though. They just say it like that, and then behind it they have like doors that lift up for them to fill up your cup or whatnot. It was pretty neat. That is but, um, so. But even neat. to the point where the debit machines were decorated as like a Star Wars thing. Oh, man, that takes a lot of work. <laughs> oh yeah, they put like this cover on the um, debit card reader to make it look more. I don't know, high tech or something, whatever it is. So uh, the milk then, is that actually milk that you're drinking? Or is it some sort of like soda? It's like it's like a foam slushy okay. in a way. Yeah, it's not it's not like a liquid. It's not a super liquidy unless it melts. It's kind of like, yeah, like a foamish slushy. Hmm, okay. okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, okay, so we have the droid factory. What, what else is after the droid factory? Um... Next to the Droid Factory, I think those are my big things about the shops. You see some like uh, vehicles uh, mm -hmm. next to the Droid Factory. You'll see um, where Obi Wan and Luke uh, are flying in their little the speeder car thing with the. And they tell them like these aren't the droids you're looking for, or these aren't yeah. the you know. Oh yeah. Uh, so you'll see that lined up. You'll see some racers from Episode One, uh, stuff like that. How is the speeder? Is the speeder like? Do they have it mounted to where it looks like it's floating? 
No, it's what it is. It's lined out with different vehicles, and it looks almost everything about this land looks almost like a scrapyard. Oh, nice. Okay, I see what you're saying. Cool. And the whole thing, it looks grimy. It looks dirty. Then you get on another side of it, and you're like, "Holy shit! This is where the Empire is." Or First Order, I think they have it decorated as a new one. Okay. So you'll see a huge ass ship of Kylo Ren ship. Nice. Store next to it, um, a store next to it that's all like the First Order merchandise, Empire stuff, all the kind of the the dark sides things, and uh, you can buy only that stuff in that section. Hmm. So they do a good job on separating where you buy stuff here and there. And the feel of the park actually changes when you when you get transitioned into that new zone. Yes, but it's small though. So I'll explain the expansion because I was doing some research on it. But okay. that corner is small. It's a small corner mm-hmm. for the Empire stuff. It's almost like, like, hey, I just landed, so we're here now. And they have like their banners here and there. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah, first invasion kind of thing. And yes, yes. It's cool. Um, on that way, you get close to the cantina. Unfortunately, I didn't get to experience the cantina. Um, that's a reservation thing as well as uh, right now. Okay. What you what you want to do if anybody's listening and you first go there, you want to make sure the first thing you do is get in line for the cantina. We were trying to do that, but it turns out we were walking by a bunch of people that were in line. This line was freaking wrapped around almost a whole park just to get to experience the cantina. And they were doing 45-minute, I guess, a time frame for everybody to be in there. So as soon as you sit down and order, you got 45 minutes, then you got to get out. That's crazy. So we were trying to stay late enough to hopefully – I just wanted to walk in there, and someone said come back at like 1145 uh, to experience it. Yeah. I wish we would have stayed. That's a regret I have, but I really didn't need that time to be sitting there the whole time. So I was like, I'll just YouTube it because I was checking everything else out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure the, the place has got to be nuts that weekend you went. Oh, oh, for sure. Yeah. So what I think they did a good job is that I don't the, – there's music playing in the cantina. There's a DJ robot in there. Mm-hmm. but I don't think it's blasting music. It's not very loud to me when I walk by and the doors were open, but they do a good job to where I think they have speakers on the outside of that area, making it sound like it's just bass and blasting music. Like everybody's having a good time. Okay. Yeah. And then it, it makes it sound like, so that's one thing that's interesting is like, if you go through like the fan, like fantasy land or whatever, you'll hear like snow white or whatever playing on speakers that are just in the bushes. So you're constantly hearing music. But you're saying that when you're in Star Wars land, it's not that the music's just – you're not hearing Star Wars music everywhere. You're actually hearing like music that a cantina would play. It sounds like it's inside that cantina. So it's real natural sounding. Yeah, it's just like that bass you hear from walking by a club. That is cool. Oh, smart. Okay. Man, these guys are on top of their game. Um, right next to the cantina, though, <clears throat> you finally get to the ride itself. Okay. Uh, that – any picture you see of the Millennium Falcon does not do justice because when you walk up to it, you're like, holy crap, this thing is huge. Really? Oh, okay. Yeah, and plus the scenery behind it because they have those mountains and like rocks behind it and whatnot. Yeah. Just to go with the flow or background of it. Oh my gosh, it is huge. And it's just everybody, it's like a picture, photo, photo picture of it, everybody standing in front of it. Yeah. And they like lined up to take a picture with you. Um, so that ride, I'll just get into the ride now. Yeah. That ride, the the waiting is really neat because you're basically in this like garage type ordeal. Everything still has the theme of like a scrapyard. Okay. And really, I don't know, I guess like a pick and pull almost. It feels like the whole thing, the whole land. Yeah. Um, so you'll get up to the ride and it's talking about um, there's this new character I don't know the names of all the characters and um, you're sitting there and you're kind of like doing a little show of just like a welcome show or whatnot. 
Uh, I don't know exactly what he says. Yeah. Uh, you'll see the Millennium Falcon land, and your job is basically you're going to fly the Millennium Falcon and steal some um, kind of like a material that's used for money or whatnot. I don't know exactly what it is. Yeah. And uh, you're sitting in the cockpit. Six people sit in the cockpit, and they all have a role to play. So you got two pilots, two gunners, two engineers. Yeah. And um, I happen to be a gunner. So when I job, when you sit there, you're sitting like in an actual chair like it feels like in a cockpit. Mm-hmm. It's very interactive at the same time. So – it tells you what you're supposed to do. You'll get this ticket. You read the instructions on the ticket. They tell you if you want to switch with your, you know, anybody in your squad or whatever, you could talk amongst yourself, do whatever. But while you do that, wait here. So when you're waiting, you're actually waiting in like the little area where Chewie Chase plays chess and like the. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like the lobby or whatever. Or yeah. Living room, I guess. <laughs> yeah. You're chilling there <clears throat> waiting for them to call your team. So I'm like, okay, we are a blue team, whatever. Right. So, okay, so who's your pilots, who's your gunners, who's your engineers? And uh, they wait in line like, all right, here you go. Go to your cockpit. Go to the cockpit, and um, each one has a role. So, obviously, mine was gunners. Every time when you sit down the screen, you're, you see this window, obviously, a window looking out of the Millennium Falcon. And, mm-hmm. oh, my God, the technology on the smoothness and how it looks, the HD quality or whatever, you're like, holy crap, this is crazy. Yeah. It's uh, Star Tours on crack, basically. Oh, and Star Tours is already amazing. I love Star Tours. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, uh, my job, going back to my job now, is every time I see, um, it looks like TIE Fighters, mm-hmm. to keep tapping this button. And what you see is your your side of the lasers, because there's two two gunners. I have like a, mine was like red lights, and the other one was blue lights, or whatever the hell it was. Right. Um, shooting down TIE Fighters. So... Uh, this the one button to shoot down like your uh, your normal lasers, and then you got another one to shoot down missiles when it's forcing you to tell you, hey, you need to press this button. Um, and how well everyone does when it comes to flying, shooting, and the engineers is a score at the end of it. So real quick, pilots, one of them goes side to side, one of them goes up and down. Gunners, uh, the shooting, and then the missiles. Engineers. Um, I think there's some repairs they have to do. They're behind me, so I can't really um, see what they were doing and whatnot. But they have to also latch on to these cargoes that have that material that we're trying to extract. Yeah. Um, so uh, it's about, I don't know how I want to say, like a two-minute ride or maybe more. I was just so into it. I had a blast with it. It's not the best ride in the park, guarantee, for thrill-wise, but it's very fun because of the interactive um, feature in it. Okay, yeah. Well, at the end of it, my little screen next to me, because everyone has like a little screen next to them about like the guy comes on and talks or whatever. Mm-hmm. It tells you how well you did. So it's like, hey, your accuracy was 40 something percent. You shot this many TIE fighters down. I think mine was like 14. Um, and then your score. So and then obviously damages. So if your pilots suck, you took a lot of damage by just hitting things. Yeah. Uh, your score goes down and it's like, OK, well, we had to take this much out because for repairs of the Millennium Falcon. Uh, what's funny is that if you do bad, cause we did bad, we on pilot wise, we did bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you walk out of your cockpit, everything around you sounds banged up. Also the hallway looks banged up. The hallway you walked down looks banged yeah, up. It's like colors. It's like colors that they'll make it look like it's all jacked up. Look. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was neat. And then the girl, like, I guess the open the door that we had a girl and she opens it and she's like, wow, you guys were horrible or said something like <laughs> <laughs> Or not still in character though right so it's kind of like you know still in character yeah, yeah. still in character 
Um, so the ride's fun. It's not the best for sure, but it's a blast. Um, and uh, I think that's pretty much it with the park, to be honest. Okay. Um, the expansion of the park that I heard August, but don't quote me, is going to be uh, you're walking into like a war zone. So you're, you're supposed to see um, from pictures what I've seen, like AT-ATs and like Ooh, man, sold. Rebels and Empire, whatever, going at it with each other. And it's supposed to be Escape the Empire or something like that ride. It looks like a virtual ride, though. Okay, yeah. Which which I've heard in the past that Disneyland or Disney's gonna try to embrace more of the virtual rides because their their footprint's a lot smaller and with the technology nowadays they could still make it as thrilling. Like Soaring California is one of like it's a great ride, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So. And that's supposed to be the change of scenery. Now I know you're talking about hey, it looks like I was or I was saying the first order came and just landed and that's what it looks like. Hmm. Um this one is actually gonna be a whole different scenery. That's sauce. With that ride. Um, dang, what else? I mean, yeah, I guess that's about it, really. I mean, that's good. We got a good visual. I mean, we kind of we we understand what the progression is as you're walking through the park. Sounds like you're 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 on this outside outer rim planet, and then eventually you start to see that the first order is here to fight. And man, that got me pumped. I think I'm gonna have to at least make a droid uh, come up in November. So that droid sounds awesome. <laughs> well, that does it for us this week, guys. We appreciate you guys joining us. Uh, please hit us up on Twitter and all of our other social media. Twitter seems to be our most active. Uh, and thank you guys for joining us. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Geek Freaks Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Geek Freaks Pod. We're also on Facebook, Instagram. You can email us. We have our Patreon and a store. All those links are in the description. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you guys next week.